episode 369 of the PlayStation Nation podcast. I am Glenn, and along with me, Josh Langford. Hello. The ray of sunshine that I called him before. Hello. <laughs> Hi, everybody. So, mm. I think we're going to have a long show this week. I, I just kind of have a feeling. Because we're already a third of the way done, and uh, it's almost an hour already. <laughs> so... Uh, so this week, uh, you know, new releases, obviously, some news items. Uh, and then we're joined by a couple of uh, people. One of them you know his voice. The other you don't, and hopefully you, uh, you will after this. But uh, Stuart Gilray joins us along with uh, Shahid uh, Kamal Ahmad from uh, Sony Computer Entertainment of Europe. Uh, if you follow him on Twitter, you know who I'm talking about. If you don't follow him on Twitter, you probably will after this. What we're playing, You should. You should, actually. He's, uh, he's quite entertaining on Twitter, usually. Especially when his uh, his football team is losing. <laughs> yeah. You can just feel the pain with the gentleman. Uh, what we're playing and watching, uh, my review of Star Wars Pinball Heroes Within and some impressions of the game that's coming out the day this podcast hits, Daylight from Zombie Studios, and some emails if Josh ever sends them over, and uh, we'll do nah. some stuff at the end. We'll see. <laughs> if he feels like it. Yeah, we'll see how I feel. We got a, we got a couple I think we can use this week. Mm, we'll see. No voicemails. And I left my laptop downstairs, so I'm not set up for sound either. So anything I'll have to add in post. We'll fix it in post. Oh, and you broke the hurl on the new releases again. No, it does that by itself. Hurl! I don't know why it does that. Is anthrax bad? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do it, though. Uh, I think you did it, because you were the last one to mess with this. I didn't touch it. Eh! Even it, oh, you know why? It doesn't have an HTTP. No. That's why. No. Nope. So. That didn't do it. <laughs> what the hell? In, invalid link. All right, well, I'll just go to our website at psnation.com. Yeah, but I'm the one that has to read it. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, jeez. All right. Here, let me do this oh, for you. Oh, jeez. Oh, look at oh, that. Geez. Now you can click it to your heart's content. Too late. But wait. And This is wrong. I need to get to... What? I, I need to get to May because April is done. Oh, well, I don't even have that. <laughs> Dick. <laughs> All right, then. So, so whose fault me... is this now? Who? What? what? Yours. Who? You're the one in charge. Da, 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 da. You're in charge of this stuff, mister. Na, 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 na. Yeah. I don't do nothing like this. Uh-huh. I sleep through all this. All right. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, okay, May. All right. Oh, let's do I'll this, do this without, uh I'll just do this off the cuff. I have no idea what's coming up. This will be, I'll be like one of the listeners. I'll be able to listen and find out what we're having next week. And Yes. I, I have no idea. I don't see it. Okay, so for May 1st, we have Gran Turismo 6 Ayrton Senna DLC. Oh, yeah. I was I was wondering or about Ayrton? that. Stuff and I, I were just know. talking about that game because they promised like pretty much consistent DLC every month since the game came <clears> out, <throat> and they really haven't hit that at all. Hmm. Yes, Ayrton, Ayrton, I, I don't know. I believe it's Arton. Uh, Arton. Arton. Okay. 
so that's coming out next week. Uh, May 2nd uh, for PS4 and PS3, The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Which somebody had early and they were streaming it the other day on uh, Live from PlayStation. Hmm. Yeah. It uh, didn't really look too great. Hmm. But who knows? Some of those Spider-Man games have been cool. Well, we were all watching it one night. We were just kind of screwing around after playing Battlefield, and we were watching the stream, and it didn't impress. But it could have been a bad section. So those two are, geez, Thursday and Friday of this week. Uh, So next week, proper Tuesday. For the PS4, we have MLB 14. MLB The Show 14. Oh, that's coming out. MLB 14 The Show, hmm. whichever way you want to read it. Uh, yeah, May 6th. What? How about that? Uh, also for the PS4, DLC, Outlast, Whistleblower, DLC. Oh, okay. Uh, Stick It to the Man is going to hit the PS4. And we get that for free with Plus. Ooh. Oh, oh, oh. The God of War collection is coming to the Vita. Holy crap, really? Next week, oh, yes. Wow. Must have. Hmm. Oh, I didn't know uh, it was coming that. Wow, all right. Yeah, neither did I. I knew it was May, but I didn't think it was right away. And you know, the dumb thing is, see, I, <laughs> I skimmed through this whole thing, uh, the HTML of this entire post. Yeah. Just looking for errors, you know, spelling things, whatever, just so that it would be good to go, uh, at some point. And I didn't even notice cause I, I didn't see the dates, you know, because the dates are in the images themselves. So all I saw were all these, all this text for all these things. I didn't know when any of the dates on any of these were, but, but dude, God of War collection next week, dude. Wow. On the Vita. Something else to uh, add to my my to my uh, uh, backlog. Yeah, and uh, one of the Hakuoki uh, games is coming to the PS Vita. What? Uh, Hakuoki, 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 hmm. Hakuoki. Uh, <laughs> I have one on the PSP. Um, this one is stories of the Shinsengumi. Uh-huh. And it's from Axis Games. It's one of those. Is, is uh, this a Mahjong game? No, it's more like a graphic novel type thing ah, with okay. adventure-type story to it type thing. Yeah. Uh, if I remember correctly. Hmm. And the last thing. What is this? <laughs> Call of Duty Ghosts Devastation DLC yeah. on May 8th. Yeah. I'm just looking. The The image is the Predator. Yeah, they added pre- the Predator to the game. Oh, boy. I'm not kidding either. They, like, licensed things the are Predator. Getting, things are getting a little stale with Call of Duty, huh? What do you mean, getting? I mean, we've been saying <laughs> that for a long time. Yeah, they. I, I, I don't even... I don't have my copy of Ghost right now. My buddy has it because he wanted to play through the uh, the story. And, you know, the DLC always goes to Xbox platforms first. 
So we get the we get the trailer for this, and I saw that. And I'm like, wait, was that the Predator? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even know that was coming. Which, I, if you can use, see, that's the problem. I don't know what it actually involves. Like, if it's more just co-op missions that you, you can't use them in the multiplayer. There's no way. Why not? Well, because he can turn invisible, and he's got all those cool weapons. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's crazy. I don't even have uh, ghosts. So, I don't know. Yeah. Ah, so, that's it for next week. All for right. For the end of this week and into next week, essentially. All right. And, oh, wait. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So, wait. May 8th. Oh, no. I, I'm not done yet. There is one coming <laughs> next, wait, next so Friday. you lied. Yes, I lied. Damn it. Uh, there's one coming next Friday, and that is Bound by Flame for the PS3 and PS4. Shit, really? Already? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. So I, May saw, 9th. I saw that game at GDC. Uh, it's kind of an action RPG. Uh, really cool graphics. I think they're using the Unreal Engine. It's, it's a neat game. I mean, obviously, it's not one I'm going to play uh, because of the RPG elements and everything, but... It was kind of cool. You can go down kind of three different paths uh, with your skill trees, and you uh, fight these humongous beasts in the game. I mean, they, they showed one, that this battle you had, where you're kind of a regular guy, and you're fighting these things that are like, you know, five stories tall. Hmm. So pretty interesting. A lot of magic you can use, depending on which skill tree you go down. Uh, but no, I, I thought it was a cool game when I saw it. Uh, I saw the PC version, though. I didn't see it running on console, so I can't really tell you how good it is there. Pretty sure we'll have it for review, though. Okay, the scary thing, the week after, May 13th, Borderlands 2 on the Vita. Oh, and the new Vita comes out then, too. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not buying a new one. (laughs) I'm staring at three right now. You don't need another one? I don't need another one, especially since I even hooked up my PS Vita TV today, so... Jeez, so you have four Vitas, essentially. Officially, I have four Vitas, except the... Remember, the Vita TV really doesn't do anything. (laughs) Because I'm in America, and they have it region-locked. Which I told you... But it was kind of our responsibility to let people know, so they didn't go out and spend all their money on something that wouldn't work. But there's a huge firmware update coming with it, the same time the PS4 gets the version 1.70... Uh, Sony Japan. So it'll add all kinds of new features that you can't use. Well, How awesome! <laughs> we we don't know. So it's gonna. Sony Japan put out a uh, a video today showing a bunch of the new features for uh, 1.7, which should be out by the time the podcast is out. That's why I don't even have it as a news item since we talked about it last week. But besides the stuff they showed for PS4, they showed a new firmware coming for PS Vita TV. And they're going to have remote play on there finally. So I'm going to see if I can get that working somehow. They're going to allow you to use DualShock 4s on it now, which is hmm. huge. Yeah. Uh, and then for PS4, they actually showed the new uh, the, the new live from PlayStation or the Twitch interface, and they did change it. So hmm. it's a lot more like the one on the Xbox One where the comments are on the right side. You actually have more gameplay screen area now. Uh, so they did change all that. It, it, there's some pretty neat stuff. And speaking of things that we think we're getting for the PS4, huh? Segway, huh? Huh? Mm-hmm. So uh, Shuhei Yoshida is on both Josh and my uh, friends list. 
I was tooling around because I, every now and then I go to that What's New thing on the PS4. And all of a sudden I see Shuhei Yoshida and it's and there's a picture of it and it says he's playing music player, like music player beta. And I'm like, wait, what? I thought maybe, oh, wow, maybe they're trying out a new media player for the PS4. Holy crap, so so soon? I mean, you know, I was freaking out. So I put it up on our website and then I started doing some more tooling around a little bit. And then I uh, started talking to an unnamed source and he said, uh, no, that's not, he or she said... That's not a music beta. That's the Destiny internal beta. <laughs> so the people at Sony playing Destiny, that's what it says. I'm like, and he goes, well, they named it music beta to try to throw people off. I'm like, yeah, but why would you name it something that all these people want? Exactly. There's so many people that want a media player on the PS4. I mean, we were spoiled with the PS3. And he goes, that's a really good question. Here she says, that's a really good question. <laughs> so. Derp. Derp. But uh, yeah, so uh, it's the Destiny internal beta. If anybody saw that, and I, you know, because I freaked out, I'm like, oh my god, we might get a media player too, because you know we we had the the whole thing about Share Factory and that you'd be able to bring in music from the USB drive, and I'm like, whoa, wait, maybe they're going to give us a media player too. No, fake name, hmm. red herring. Yeah, distraction. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But again, like I said, I, I just thought it was hilarious that they would name it something like that. Yeah. Because everybody wants, well, a lot of people want a media player. Yeah. Name it something like, I don't know, something people don't want. <laughs> what don't people want? Well, I mean, it would have been smarter to just name it um, PS2 backward compatibility update. Yeah, because everybody knows that's coming. <laughs> <laughs> And everybody would have gone, what? <laughs> yeah, I have some PS2 game on there, like, jeez, uh, I don't even know anymore. Gradius 5. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Grand, Theft, Grand Theft Auto 3. There you go, Grand Theft Auto 3. <laughs> Not even HD, just Grand Theft Auto 3. Yeah. I think people would have freaked out less if they would have seen that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, PlayStation Plus, a new month, a new set of games. Indeed. North America is getting, I think, a nice selection of games. I would agree with you, sir. I see. And it's funny because every time the list is announced, everybody goes through it and complains one way or another. My favorite complaints, though, are that, oh, this update sucks. I have all those games. Yeah. Well, yeah, but there's a lot of people out there that don't have all those games. So the update is awesome for them. (laughs) I agree. Uh, And actually uh, there's a, there's more on here that I, well, I think it's about even for me on this one. Because obviously I don't have to stick it to the man on PS4 yet. I do not have four of the six. So there two, three, I don't have four either. I have limbo. I have puppeteer and I have, we didn't announce them yet. And I have Killzone, and I have oh, geez. Resogun, and... I'm going to smack you. All right. So for the PS4, <laughs> Stick It to the Man awesome. is coming, which we already mentioned. Uh, for the PS3, Pro Evolution Soccer 2014 Which Raj loved. Well, I'm excited for this, because this isn't something that I would have bought, but I have FIFA, and I want to play the Pro Evolution Soccer, and now I got it for free. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. 
uh, Puppeteer, uh-huh. which I do have, but that's cool. It's everybody should play it. And if you don't have it, shame on you. And now you don't have a, yes. a reason not to. Uh, Skullgirls Encore, which eh, well, but, but this yeah. one was kind of a weird one because originally Konami was publishing it, and then they yanked the game, and, and I think what I, I don't know the whole deal, but basically. Konami doesn't publish it anymore, so the, the team that made the game brought it up themselves, or they got a different publisher. And hmm. now they've been adding stuff to it. Hmm. So it's an interesting thing. Skullgirls is, it kind of has this cult following for fighting fans. Like, it, it's not this yeah. humongous fighting game like a lot of the other ones out there. It's probably more, I hate to say it, but it's probably more popular than Killer Instinct. But uh, it, it's the, like the small subset of people really love that game. Because it's tough. It, it, it is a very technical game. Hmm. Well, uh, that's it for the PS3. Then for the Vita, we have Serge Deluxe. <laughs> Hello, my name is Serge. Would you like a, <laughs> a cappuccino, maybe? Espresso? Yes, we have Serge Deluxe and Limbo. Nice. Which, yeah, that's awesome. If uh, if anybody didn't buy that, getting it for free on the Vita, it's, it's awesome on the Vita. Yes. I love that game. And actually, I was just talking to somebody from the studio that did the Vita conversion for that game. It's such a messed up game, but I love it. Yeah, it is messed up. <laughs> like, not like broken messed up, but just me- like mess with your head messed up. Yeah. Because it's just disturbing. <laughs> yeah. 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 So that is for North America. And for EU. 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 Actually, they've got a pretty good month, too. Yeah. Yeah, they've got one on the Vita that I'm hoping will come here. Uh, so yeah. let's go through this. PS4, Stick to the Man. Yay. PS3, Payday 2. Cool. Mm-hmm. Eh, they works. broke a lot of things in the game. But. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Puppeteer. Yay. Yay. Uh, Vita, they have Muramasa Rebirth. Amazing. Which would be cool. Yeah. yeah. That would be badass. And I hope it comes here. Me too. And Everybody's Golf. Which we know it as Hot Shots Golf. Yes. Yes. Which is still my favorite version of the game so far. This is by far my favorite Vita launch title, Glenn. Yes. <laughs> Not a guarantee. <laughs> yes. Did you say that? That was cool. Uh, Chaz was putting, if, if we had reviews of any of these games, Chaz was putting a quote from our reviews with yeah. who wrote them. I was supposed to do one for Payday 2, but it was so broken when it came out and so many things didn't work that worked in the first game. So I gave it a little time because they said they were going to patch it, and then they patched things, but there were still so many things broken in it, and I just said, eh, I'm not going to bother with this anymore. I should have probably written one, but again, yeah, I haven't, I haven't written my Battlefield 4 off. one yet. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Someday. So for Limbo, my quote for Limbo was, this is one of those rare games that feels fresh and new and really unlike anything you've ever played before. I agree with that. Yay. Yay. All right, next up. Uh, they do this a lot of years. I don't know if they do this every single year, but uh, most of the years they do. Uh, PlayStation, uh, over on the blog, announced uh, dates for this Road to Greatness tour. So they take these big semi-trucks around to events, and they show off you know, PlayStation in all of its forms. And everybody was messaging me, like tweeting me and emailing me and Facebooking me because they're going to be at Summerfest in Milwaukee this year. I'm like, yeah, they're always at Summerfest. Like... I, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. And everybody was like, oh, my God, it's going to be at Summerfest. I'm like, yeah, they're always there. Because there's pictures of me, I think, on our Facebook group of me there with uh, 9Volt, actually, when we went to see Stone Temple Pilots a few years ago. Uh, and there's a picture of me with Little Big Planet before it came out. Hmm. But, 
Yeah, I mean, it's really cool. They they usually have one or two big semis, and they just open up the trailers, and they've got all these places to sit and everything, and uh, it's pretty cool. You get to play some of the newer games that aren't out yet, and it's it's a neat thing. They do, like, uh, tournaments, and they do some contests, that sort of thing as well. So they're going to be in Indio, California, Memphis, Tennessee, at the Beale Street Music Festival, uh, Sprint Cup Race in Kansas City, Kansas. That's pretty cool. I actually wouldn't mind going to a race down there. That's a humongous track. Uh, Rock on the Range at, in Columbus, Ohio. Rocklahoma in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Huh? Get it? Huh? Huh? Uh, Rocklahoma? It's almost... I wonder if they do that in Rocktober, too. Uh, uh, free, free Press Summer Festival in Houston, Texas, May 31st, June 1st. Country Jam in Grand Junction, Colorado. And then they head out to Summerfest for Milwaukee, Wisconsin, uh, which is... Oh, that's right. It's like the first like beginning of July there. And then MLB Fan Fest in Minneapolis, Minnesota, July 11th to the 15th is the last stop on the tour. So if you get a chance, uh, stop by and check it out. It actually is pretty neat. Uh, I, I had a good time at it. 9Volt was there. You got to play some PlayStation stuff and then complain about it. Because that's all 9Volt does, complain about it. 9Volt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so pretty cool. Yeah, and, and you can uh, find that whole list out over, over on the PlayStation blog. Excellent. Yeah. <gasps> Uh oh. Yeah. Uh, so Slick Deals just posted uh, eBay in Hong Kong with free shipping. You can get the 64 gig card for the Vita for 97 bucks. What? Go order them now. <laughs> but it's not Amazon. Hold off, people. Hold <laughs> off. Uh... <laughs> no, I'm saying you go order them now. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't have E3 to pay for anything. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Last up. Oddworld? Yeah, it's your turn. New and tasty? New and tasty. It's got a price? It's got a price. It's, uh, Stuart's mad at me. $29.99 in the U.S. $24.99 euros in Europa. Euroland? And a uh, but, 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 um, uh, this threw me off this approximately <laughs> because isn't that the price? It's the price or it isn't. It's probably the price. like the day uh, that the the day that the game drops, they'll look at the market and adjust accordingly. <laughs> Nineteen pounds ninety nine in the ook. There you go. Even bigger news though. So yes, the bigger news is that the game is cross buy on all PlayStation platforms and. It is cross-save. Which is awesome. So you've got your PS3, PS4, and Vita versions all for 30 bucks. Yeah. Which I think is awesome. I, it, it, the game's looking awesome. It, I, I keep bugging Stuart to send us some video or something that we can put up. Uh, I think they're going to have something in E3, but we're not sure yet. We haven't heard yet. But, yeah. Great news. And Stuart's yeah. mad at me. you'll hear about that later on in the interview well actually later on how about right now in the interview so uh about right now yeah well let's do it what the hell uh so Stuart, uh obviously if you listen to the podcast you've heard this gentleman on on the show and and he actually knows uh shahid very well and and they've known each other for a long time and he kind of bridged that gap in terms of getting it done we've talked to uh shahid in the past about having him on, and, and I met him at GDC briefly, and, and we finally talked about it, but 
Stuart actually got him to, to set a date and everything with us. So over the weekend, Josh and I got to talk to these guys. And I, I don't want to speak for you, Josh, but I, I had a great time with these guys. No, it was terrible. Yeah, they're boring. Was so smoking his pipe and slapping the bass. <laughs> slapping the bass. <laughs> yeah, it was actually it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I I liked it. Yeah, so we probably went longer than anybody expected, but I think it was. Uh, we had some great conversations and we, and we hit on some subjects I didn't even realize we would hit on. So uh, give it a listen, and uh, we'll be back after this. Well, as promised, uh, we have a couple of uh, very special guests on the podcast with us this week. Me. Uh, first Yay. being Josh Langford. Yay. Oh, no, wait. <laughs> that, that schlub. Uh, so first <laughs> off, if you've ever listened to the podcast before, you probably know this voice. Uh, Mr. Stuart Gilray from Just Add Water. Welcome, sir. Good morning. Good evening. Good welcome. And he brought a friend with him, uh, someone that we've wanted to have on the podcast for quite a while. And now I'm overthinking his name because I just got a 15-minute <laughs> tongue lashing about how to say his name. Uh, but uh, Shahid. From uh, I know I'm just kidding I'm kidding uh, Shahid from uh, from Sony Computer Entertainment Europe, uh, is here with us and uh, you know we wanted to talk to him because you know he is is quite quite popular on Twitter and uh, he does a pretty cool thing for for the gaming industry I think and and we wanted to talk to him so welcome sir thank you very much and thanks for having me <laughs> and he, and he's there smoking a pipe you'll probably hear a, a bass at some point during this there we go all right <laughs> schlepping the base schlepping the base so uh, first off uh well you guys have been friends for quite a while so it was kind of nice that Stuart was able to br- bridge that gap between us and and uh hopefully make well, you feel well, a little bit comfortable about us well what was funny was I, I, shahid and i knew we'd had run-ins in the past and but we couldn't remember where and then we started speaking again maybe four four and a half years ago maybe yeah. And then it's, over that period of time, we suddenly clicked where we knew each other from. And previous to joining Sony, and pre- when we go back 12 years ago, 13 years ago, Shahid ran a, a small company called Start Games, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And I actually spoke to him back in those days about, because they were, they were basically a small company organization to help, I guess best way to look at it was fledgling developers or de- yeah. small development companies to get deals and off the ground and stuff. And yep. we spoke a few times back in those days, but we'd forgotten all about it for like eight, nine years. <laughs> and then like, hello, I know you don't. I said, yeah. And then, oh, yeah. You know. <laughs> well, so, the memory starts going when you get as old as Stuart. So. Put, oh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> if Stuart's old, I'm in trouble. <laughs> I was trying to be polite about that, but you look so much younger. I mean, Stuart, he's just oh, really Jesus. letting go. It's it's uh, low blow. Yeah, it's not pretty. Well, I've lost some weight recently since I saw Shahid. I wonder the last time I saw you, Shahid. Was it E3 last year? I've seen you since. No, I saw you. Jesus, I saw you two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> so you're proving my point right there. Oh, memory's gone. The memory goes, yeah. Uh, yeah, when I, it's, yeah. Since I saw Shahid last summer at E3 and you, Glenn, I've lost 18 pounds personally. So I'm like, I'm fighting fit. I'm losing the fat. Well, if you come I'm to E3 g- this year, you're going to be surprised. I'm gaining it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually not going this year. So, Aww. Uh, yeah. Aww. People, they won't let me go this year. Just too much awesome for one thing, huh? Well, you know, we've got... Um, there's a couple of things we were connected to going to be there. And mm. I can't, can't go for either of them, which is not fair. Well, it can't be because <laughs> of a game launch, because I'm sure you're just delaying it anyway. Oh, always. See, Both of them. And that's the Just Add Water way. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah. so 
tell us what you do at Sony Com- Computer Entertainment of, uh, Europe and also kind of maybe give us some of your background for people that don't know who you are. I work in business development. And what sounds, is that? Which sounds really boring, doesn't it? What does business development mean? <laughs> I'm um, developing business. Well, actually, that's exactly what it means. Industry. Um, so we're done. We're done here. We're good. Um, <laughs> Hi, I'm Bob Executive. Point me to business. Yeah, that's it. Business development is about developing business. Um, and let's face it, a couple of years back, I guess this part of the business needed developing. Where we were at was we'd become quite difficult for developers, especially smaller developers, to deal with. We'd set up quite a lot of process, quite a lot of infrastructure designed to deal with an old business model and an old way of making games. And it wasn't working for smaller developers to the point where um, I went out to GDC in 2012 and met with a few independent developers at the IGF Pavilion mm. and basically went around showing them the recently launched Vita. And so what do you think of this? And uh, to my horror, two of them didn't even know what it was. <laughs> and you, you can imagine, so I'm, I'm there, Mr. PlayStation, you know, thinking I'm the big I am. Actually, I wasn't actually like that, but I was really shocked that he didn't know what a Vita was. I thought, you know, this, this is concerning. So I listened to everybody's story, you know, why aren't you working with PlayStation? Uh, what can we do to make it easier for you to work with PlayStation? And I, and I came back home with a bunch of stories and shared those with executive man, management. And I said, you know, the reason we're not getting these guys on Vita is, well, we've, we've kind of missed the boat on a whole generation of developers. And if we're, if we're not careful, we'll lose them for good. And a lot of these developers were working on other platforms. And I'm not even talking about the other console platforms. I'm talking about PC and mobile and so on. Right. And we were in grave danger of losing this generation of developers who had emerged in, I guess, in the face of this self-publishing revolution that was created by digital distribution and easy tools and so on. And I said, we, we need to do something to fix this. If you want these developers coming to Vita, then I think I've got a, a method that will, that will work. And the, the plan was really to, to work with a really broad swathe of independent development talent from around the world and to try and make it as easy as possible for them to work with PlayStation, really try and remove as many of the barriers as possible. And this was the genesis of the team I run, which is called Strategic Content. It's part of business development. And it was set up because there, there have traditionally been two ways for PlayStation to work with developers. And one of those has been your publisher and developer relations, otherwise known as third party. And that was really geared towards big publishers and the developers that supported the big publishers. And then the other way was with worldwide studios. In other words, if you wanted Sony to publish a game and make it first party. Right. Now, this is all uh, old news to, to people who worked with PlayStation in the past. But what we wanted was a way of making it really simple or as simple as possible for this new generation of independent developers to work with us. And strategic content kind of fits in the middle. So what it does is allows developers to self-publish, but provides them with a little bit of the support that they otherwise wouldn't be able to get. Now, this support varies, and this is what I came away with from GDC 2012. What is the support that we need to provide to make things possible for these developers? And so some of the things that we do are, for example, we loan kit, 
Uh, we simplify process uh, during the time of strategic content. Our original content approval process basically went away to be replaced by a simple tick box system. Mm. Um, we we've learned tons of hardware. I can't possibly tell you um, in public how much it is, but but my team has lent out so much hardware that it's it's quite amazing. It really is an impressive number. I mean, we're talking about more developers than I, I can probably count. Wow. Um, and uh, stuff like developer. Unity. You are a developer, yes, so you probably know. Um, <laughs> what did that start? Uh, Unity when licensing. going to send me one. <laughs> right? You know, okay. stuff like Unity licensing. Um, we, we did the deal with Yo-Yo Games to make sure that Game Maker could be provided to, uh, to developers without them having to pay a fee for that. Um, so if you're a registered PlayStation developer, you just get that. Um, and then in some cases, funding. Uh, in some cases, store support, uh, banner support, marketing, promotion, hooking people up with various uh, marketing activities that we provide. And and more, you know, um, other stuff that we do is we have producers working in our team who kind of provide a gentle oversight to the process. And it's not so much, I shouldn't really call it oversight, because oversight sounds like overseer or overlord, doesn't it? Or or even, um, or even worse connotations, like harking back to publisher days. But one of, our, one of our slogans, we've got lots of slogans, by the way, but one of our slogans is support, steer, don't interfere. And the idea there is our producers are there to help developers get through the hurdle safely, negotiate through getting the best possible um, outcome for their games vis-a-vis marketing or store activity and so on, um, without kind of interfering with the creative uh, process, without mucking about with release dates, you know, that kind of thing. So a lot of freedom, a lot of power, a lot of flexibility. And one of our favorite methods is hooking developers up who aren't PlayStation experts with those developers who are and making that possible, you know, sometimes doing a three-way deal to make that happen. So really strategic content is kind of like an umbrella for a broad spectrum of activities designed to support the independent development community, but also to do other things, other activities that don't fit into the normal business practices of PlayStation. Hmm. That's a very long-winded answer to your question. No, but that's that's fine. I mean, you never know what, what certain people do and, uh, you know, I've, I've even talked to the, some of the people on the U.S. side, like Shane Bettenhausen and uh, Nick Sutter and those guys. Legend. <laughs> and, you know, he, uh, Shane was actually kind of explaining kind of some of the differences of what their team does compared to your team. So it was really interesting to find that out because a lot of people, I think, uh, assume that it's pretty much the same thing on both sides. Well, you know, n- not to confuse things too much, we have developer relations on both sides of the pond. In fact, we have uh, uh, developer relations in, in Europe and we have developer relations in the U.S. And right. strictly speaking, strategic content isn't developer relations. It's a way of um, making the business work in such a way that we can support independent developers. There's a real focus shift. <clears throat> so um, the the guys in developer relations have been doing their magic for a very long time and um, – what the company has been doing as a whole, not just through strategic content, but, you know, previously we've had other initiatives as well. Like on, on um, the American side, we've had the pub fund in the past as well. Right. Um, and that's kind of... Been... <laughs> what the hell was that? That was my mailmate 
which is now being force quitted. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that was perfect timing, though. It was. <laughs> the pub fun, ding. Yeah. <laughs> is that the secret word of the day? Yeah, Shane just emailed him. Or either, or Adam, one and two. Say the secret big, word and win $100. <laughs> oh. So, you anyway. know, we've tried different mechanisms to, to work with developers and make life as easy as possible. And on, you know, on the one hand, we've had pub fun. Strategic content is a new... Um, new way of, uh, I, I guess, addressing the initial gap between independent developers and PlayStation? Well, maybe, maybe if I say my, my perception, well, not my perception, my experience on Gravity Crash Ultra to show how strategic content worked for us, that might give an even clearer yeah. So, Shahid and I, we, well, first off, we... Internally, Joe, I had Pete, who'd been doing the piece, uh, the Vita version of Stranger. I had him spend maybe four or five weeks over the Christmas vacation, 2012, 2013, to try and put PS3 Gravity Crash on a Vita. Listen, to, listen to Stuart. I, he, he like makes his people work over Christmas break. Oh, and damn yeah. What a <laughs> slave driver. <laughs> he time off. Jesus Christ. That's how things don't get released. So, it's an intern on it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so put Pete on it, and he spent four or five weeks doing... Um, a simple port, and I emailed the the package file then to or I sent to Shahid, and uh, maybe Spencer, I think it was at the time. And the next thing I know, Shahid and I are talking on Twitter on DMs one night. And I think it was maybe three or four tweets messages. We managed to get a basic deal together, Jeez. which was great. <laughs> that was uh, nice. That was nice, and that was that was probably February last year, I think. Um, then we've suddenly realized, oh, there's legal shenanigans with Tim Wright, you know, cold storage for the music, right. which took six months to sort oh. out. Yeah. Um, but we got it sorted out eventually. We got the contracts and everything signed. Well, tell it, we announced it at Gamescom. Then we got the contract signed in September. <laughs> um, and, you know, we've, we didn't really, Pete didn't start it probably until early November. Um, and, you know, we're now, I think we're about a week away from submission to Sony. Uh, but the weird thing, I think example, the, the dev kit thing, we had a, a need for another Vita dev kit in the office. I emailed Shahid and Ben, um, and that was on the Wednesday. Ben was actually out on the Wednesday, came back on the Thursday, replied saying, yeah, not a problem at all. On the Friday morning, I had the kit. Wow. Hmm. You know, that's staggering. You know, and, and days of old deal with third-party relations three, four years ago, You'd maybe ask for dev kit, and they'd say, "How many do you want?" You say, "Just one or two. And they go, "Okay," and you'd wait several months, and then they might turn up. <laughs> you know, and that's that's a bit harsh, but there was a definite delay. But using going through strategic content to get an extra kit for Vita for um, Gravity Crash was that quick. I was you know three days in from start to end of requesting to having it. So thank you very much for that one. <laughs> You're most welcome. And and to Stuart's point, I mean, three or four years ago, I was in developer relations. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I was actually uh, part of the problem. It's just we weren't set up to deal with uh, developers in, in, in a developer-oriented way. You know, it's very much about, it's much more about publishers. Yeah. Well, that's because you were, you, I mean, you've actually, that's, that's a point. When we first started talking again, you were our account manager, weren't you? That's right. And then you left account management to go do the Middle East Indian thing. That's right. And, and, and then strategic content. We, yeah, then we were, given, we were given George, who's been great. 
Um, yeah. But that was, the, the, I think at that point, was that the point when TPR changed to being two sides? Yeah. Uh, retail and digital? Uh, no, more uh, publishing and uh, development. But then again, that, that's happened a while ago. Right, yeah, yeah. I, I think yeah, the, the focus has shifted. I mean, publishing is definitely a lot more about, um, certainly from a uh, third-party relations perspective, publishing is a lot more about disc um, yeah, right. or the publishing side, and the development side is typically much more about digital. There is obviously a tiny bit of overlap, but that's that tends to be how it works out. Yeah. But you can see now, uh, just from from the shift towards developer, like sort of a developer focus now at Sony um, that wasn't there so much in the past, you can see how much it's paid off uh, with the PS4. Uh, There was a list that came out the other day. I think uh, somebody on NeoGAF, they all put it together where you could see from launch till now with the Xbox one and the PS4, the PS4 has 24, 25 extra titles that have come out. And it's a lot of that has to do with the sort of independent developers and all these games that we probably never would have seen on a PlayStation console sure. in the past. Yeah, I, th- I think that's fair. I mean, we, we certainly got a great deal of support from the developer community in the run up to PS4. And great credit has got to go to Adam Boys and team for that, who really went out on a limb and ensured that the independent development community got tons of support way ahead of launch. You know, it was unprecedented the amount of support those guys gave to uh, PS4 developers, you know, obviously in, in Europe as well, but I think... Well, we, we were an example. We, you know, we, we, were, we, had, we were on the stage of nine developers at E3 last year. Yeah. 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 And the, the Vita is, is starting to show all those dividends as well with all the new games that keep coming out for that. Yeah, sorry about nice that. to say. <laughs> <laughs> Never well, yeah, <laughs> memory cards, memory cards. Yeah, and yeah I, I, I hate to say it. I need a sixty-four now. Well, I don't hate to say it, but I actually do. I want a one twenty-eight. Lines breaking up a bit. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, uh, so, what? And, and on the same line, like, what are your thoughts on? I think there's still a lot of gamers out there that have this perception. Uh, of indie games that they're kind of throwaway or they're not really uh, a game, like a quote-unquote game. Like, they're they're too experimental, they're too small, they may not have production qualities like a AAA title will have. I guess, what are your thoughts on that, and do you see any type of shift happening? I think that's actually a reasonable criticism of some games. I just don't think it's applicable to... Um, an increasing number of games, particularly on Vita and PS4. It's certainly becoming harder in my eyes to tell the difference between an excellently executed, uh, independently developed game and one that would have been developed by a AA publisher not that long ago. And if, you, if you look at um, anything that comes out of Stuart Studio, it's, it's very, very hard to say what's, you know, is that independently developed? You know, is that an indie title? Is that a triple A, is it a double A? You know, it, it becomes almost nonsensical to draw those distinctions. There are many other developers as well who fit into that mold. I mean, if you play um, Fez on PS4 and Vita, yeah. to, to me, that has the quality 
of, and forgive me for saying something like this, but uh, I, you know, if nothing else, I do like to be as honest as possible. Um, that to me has the feel of a perfectly crafted Nintendo game. Um, it, it has yeah. a quality about it, especially in the mechanics and the storytelling that is utterly enchanting. Now, if that had come out from Nintendo, right, as a first-party game, no one would have batted an eyelid. But because you've got Phil Fish on um, Indie Game, the movie, <laughs> and, he identifies, and he identifies as an independent developer, it's given uh, a veneer, through, or, or I guess a coating, through which people judge it a certain way. And I think there are many other games as well that, it, it would be very, very hard if you didn't know where they were coming from to identify the source. There's plenty of crossover now, and I think those lines are becoming more and more blurred. Of course, if you look at some of the stuff that you get on mobile, and I'm talking about um, you know, phones and so on, yeah. then of course some of that stuff does feel and look really cheap, quickly executed, um, light on the mechanics, light on the depth, casual and so on. But I don't think you could accuse a, a lot of the games that are appearing on the Vita of late uh, and the PS4 of late of, of lacking any of those qualities. And I also think that give it time, give it about uh, another six to 12 months, and it will become even harder. You know, you'll, you'll see, I mean, for example, even if, even if you go back a little way and look at games uh, by some of the top-tier independent developers, these people were being commissioned by uh, AAA publishers anyway. Yeah. In some cases, they're still being commissioned by worldwide studios to create games. It's just that in the past, these games might have come out as packaged goods, and now they're coming out digitally. So there's a different value perception there as well. I think sometimes people get the idea that it's only AAA if it comes out um, in, in packaged media, and otherwise it's indie because it's digital. So there is that as well. And then there's a price perception that confuses matters somewhat. You know, if a game is priced really high um, and it gives you a certain amount of playtime, even if that playtime has got a lot of cut scenes in it and so on uh, and repetitive play, then it's not seen uh, as an indie game. It's seen as uh, a AAA or at least, you know, a typical uh, old school video game. But you take something else like let's, let's take, for example, Rogue Legacy. Now, that game offers an obscene amount of gameplay time, um, and it offers an incredible amount of depth. You know, it's just it, the most incredible fun, that game. Yeah. And there's no reason why anyone should consider that as anything less than a top-flight game. So just to attach the label indie to it, just because it took fewer people to make over a longer period, doesn't necessarily serve us in describing the experience that people obtain through playing it. <clears throat> I mean... It, for, for me, for example, I had just as much fun and I was just as, as, as immersed and captivated uh, by playing Hotline Miami on the Vita than mm. I have been playing any AAA game of the last two years. Yeah. And I'm not saying that just because my name's so often associated with indie. I'm saying it because <laughs> that's what happened. I was there, you know, I remember being in this exact room a few months back with the sun setting and the beautiful neon colours from Hotline Miami on the Vita uh, <laughs> playing out and then the soundtrack in my ears and me feeling genuinely disturbed by what I was becoming in the game, you know, <laughs> and yeah. thinking, my God, this, this is, this is, this game is doing it to me. And it's described as indie pretty soon. It won't matter. Um, and the other thing is obviously we've, we've also faced, I guess, somewhat of a perception issue 
And it will just take time to get over that. More and more people are hearing about these games. And I think I'm quite optimistic that the more people are exposed to these games, especially the better ones, you know, the, the gaming public are very understanding. They're going to start enjoying these games and they're going to see them for what they are. And they're going to stop worrying about labels so much and just get on with enjoying games again. Yeah, I think we're, I think we're seeing a shift through um, labeling completely. I, I, if you go back a year, or even, yeah, even six, to, six months to a year ago, indie was synonymous with what I would call art house. Um, so like, you know, like art house movies, small independently financed movies, which are movies that wouldn't necessarily get made by a bigger studio because they're just a bit... They're not, that's a perfect analogy. You know? And then you got these these games from six months plus ago when indie was art house gaming, art house development. Yeah, indie's now changing to point that we're having, in some respects, the games that indies are making today are like the games 10, 15 years ago, you know, even 20 years ago. Yeah, without blowing our own trumpet, Gravity Crash, you know, it's, yeah. it, it is a pure retro game. In fact, someone said to me the other day, if, if you actually managed to get the word Asteroids in a, a review quote to, in the marketing for it, people will just buy it because it's got it's an Asteroids esque game. Because you know, people want that kind of gaming again, but it's so much more than that. And again, same with um, you know with New and Tasty for us as well. You know, we've you know four environment artists, two other artists and animators. You know, four programmers and one designer, and we've remade a game which you know cost five plus million dollars almost twenty years ago. You know, and we've spent you know. <laughs> more than I'd like to, to admit to you on, on making it this time. Uh, but, you know, for a team of, you know, effectively 14 people, we've remade a game from 35 people. Wow. Um, you know, in, in... I mean, we kind of rebooted it in December 2012, so what's that? You know, it's 16 months. Yeah. You know, um, and the gameplay trailer came out at GDC. People were shocked by that. When we let slip the price at GDC, people were like, oh my God, how can you charge $30 for a remake? Yeah, well, it's not just a remake. It's a complete reboot, effectively, and a recreation. You know, um, and then we announced this week, God, we announced cross-buy for it, thanks to Glenn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, it's... it's it, it, You're welcome, it, gaming public. Yeah, there you go. And, and, you know, folks listening, it was Glenn's fault. And I'm not just saying that because I'm speaking to him right now. Um, but the the... From our point of view, $30 to me or £20 in the UK doesn't seem a lot for a game which looks as good as it does, plays as well as it does, sounds as well as it does, and you know, has 15 hours of gameplay in it. Yeah. You know? When you look at games which cost you four or five dollars and you can maybe finish them in an hour, I you know, I mean I, I loved Monument Valley on, on um on iOS recently, and Shahid and I'd spoke about this, and I loved it, but damn is it short. For two pound fifty, yeah, you know, and it's like it, the mind boggles with it. It looks great, it plays fantastic, but it is just so short. Um, you know, Shed and I spoke about another game we were possibly going to do last year, and the one criticism he said, but at the time was, you know, you've got to make it longer than an hour and ten minutes. And now, having played Monument Valley, I know exactly what he means. Yeah, you know, um, and that's that's the way it is. But I think that examples that Shade's given and I've sort of mentioned as well is exactly that. It's we are getting to a stage now where we're having independent developers be able to afford to make games because of the success of the earlier games. In classic examples Mike Biffle making volume just now. You know, he does phenomenally well on Thomas's Alone, more than he ever expected to do. 
you know, um, I spoke to him a lot for a long time before he'd even finished Thomas. Um, and he didn't think it was going to do anything, you know. I love that game. <laughs> and I, I helped to get it onto Steam, which did well, but then it got on PlayStation and it, did, it didn't do well at first. It was a bit of a slow starter, but as soon as it kicked off, oh my God. You know, and now there's a, a quote quote box version of it with another. How many other games are on that, on that, that. package? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, and that <laughs> that's just like Neat staggering. You know, Mike and I have spoken about how, how he's done out of this, and it's just like a part of me is massively jealous, and a part of me is massively proud as well for him. You know, and it's given him freedom to do volume the way he wants to do it. But we're getting to the point now that you know, it, it's not necessarily art house anymore just because we can afford to make our own games and we're classed as indie because we don't require a publisher doesn't right. mean to say it's art house you know it's it's fucking awesome games frankly <laughs> so, so Stuart from your perspective but also uh, I'd, I'd like uh, Shahid to, to comment on this as well what, do you think that part of what we're seeing in this shift to smaller developers being able to you know self-publish and everything else is a lot to do also with a lot of the tools that are out there that may not be free or, or may be very cheap, like game dev, like you said before, Unity, now Uni- uh, Unreal 4, yeah. going to a subscription model. Do you see that as, as kind of a, something that, that has helped that shift? Massively. I mean, Unity you know, games that I saw at GDC were beautiful. Yeah, I mean, we obviously, you know, and taste is Unity. Um, and... You know, the cost of that for us versus the engine we were using, it's, I think we've had to spend $5,000 on licensing compared to um, the previous one, which is almost $100,000, you know, and then, then looking at Unreal, you know, go back six months ago, Unreal was, you know, a quarter million dollars plus a revenue share. Now it's $19.90 per person and a revenue share of 5%. You know, that's, that, that is staggering. And that's not just for the PC and mobile. That's for, for the consoles as well, as we announced. Was it last week, I think it was announced, a week before? Well, that's, that was the yes. thing. Like, when I went to the – they actually invited me to the press conference of that, and they said they couldn't really speak to consoles because there was, like, a separate deal that had to be made for consoles. But, yeah, I think they announced a couple of weeks ago that they had kind of secured all that. Yeah. That's and and that, that's staggering. I mean, to be able to be used something like Unreal Engine, you know, and, and, and uh, to, to create console games that not have to – as an indie developer, to shell out between a quarter and half a million dollars just for an engine. It, that, that, we'd rather spend our money on making the game rather than paying for something to power it. Yeah. You know, that, that, but taking that away from us, that it's, made, it's opened up um, freedoms to be able to do slightly crazier games that AAA publishers wouldn't normally do and well, do it ourselves. The, yeah, that's the exciting thing is to see where this is all going to lead at this point. Uh, just opening that up to, to more people and making it so much more available to people that never would have had the chance to touch those. Um, just to see what's going to come out of them now in the next six months, year, two years. Yeah. I mean, we were, I mean, we, we're, we're looking to do a couple of uh, non-odd world games next. And you know, they, we were thinking unity all the way with those, but now we've, with unreal doing its thing, we've got a choice to maybe not use unity, you know, and that's, that's bizarre. For us, and, and what would kind of drive that choice between the two? Is it just the licensing model, or is it that Unreal is stronger in some areas that might help you out compared to Unity? 
Wow. <laughs> as a developer, as one who with experienced programmers um, who know how to program properly and not just use what you see, what you get editor systems. Sure. Um, the amazing thing for the Unreal deal is you get full source code. Right. Whereas Unity, you don't. So, you know, if, you, if you're going to use Unity and you get source code, you have to pay a lot more money for it. Um, and and that's, that's staggering, you know, to be able to get full source code for an engine without having to pay through the nose for it. Uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if you agree with Shahid or not. He's going away. Well, <laughs> he fell asleep. We work with a lot of middleware partners, as you know. Yeah. And uh, we love them all dearly. And one of the reasons we, we love them all dearly is because they're all working to recognize what we've recognized in that independent developers have creative power. And if middleware doesn't want to get left behind, if it wants true validation, it's going to have to find new uh, business models to react to the changing space. It's exactly what we had to do. Mm. And it's great to see that begin to happen. I mean, there are some enlightened companies out there. And I, I suspect this is going to be a trend. Yeah. I mean, the other thing I was going to say as well, there's a lot less AAA titles these days. True, true. Yeah. You know, go back three years ago, there's always maybe a new AAA every two weeks or so, or claimed AAA every two weeks or so. Well, look at May of last year and the year before. I mean, I think mm-hmm. Sega alone released three titles in May. Wow. I mean, it was just, it was crazy for a while. Now they yeah. seem to be a lot more spaced out. And I mean, that to me, because I like a lot of the indie stuff that's been coming out, and there's some that I don't like, but for me, that's what's so great because then I get these smaller games that I can spend less time on. And even if I want to take a break from a game that I'm playing all the time, or, you know, now that we're seeing a bigger space between some of these bigger titles, it's great because I still have that constant stream of content. Yeah, I don't, I, I, I kind of. I, I don't like to pigeonhole and say indie games are shorter, casualer games. Uh, yes, and in a lot of cases they are, but there's a lot of indie games which are, you know, they're story-led and they've got depth to them. Yes. You know, some I, of them are know, huge. Some yeah. of them are, are yeah, I mean, uh, dozens of hours, hundreds of hours well, even. Well, look at Don't Starve. That can go on yeah. forever almost. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, speaking to my own experience of people I've worked with, you know, Revolution Software's Broken Sword 5 game, you know, that released on Vita in November, December, I think it was. Um, and that's a classic point-and-click adventure. Yeah. You know, which worked well on Vita with touchscreen. You know, and having worked with them as an employee 14 years ago when they were pinched off Broken Sword 2, <laughs> uh, uh, that was just like, to see them go back and do that again, it's just like, wow. You know, and do it under their own dollar this time, not having to rely on... In fact, ironically, originally, the PlayStation 1 version was published by Sony Europe, and the PC version was published by Ubisoft, you know, um, for them to do it themselves this time completely. You know, that doesn't mean that any less of a developer than they were 14, 15 years ago. It just means they've actually got more autonomy to do it themselves because they've managed to invest in themselves. Granted, they're the Kickstarter, but on the, speaking to them, the, I believe in the sales alone from the non-Kickstarter purchasing of Broken Sword 5, they can now look to do other stuff. You know, and that's phenomenal. That's that's exactly what they wanted to do. That's what they've achieved. And I think other developers are imagined to create other games of a similar nature, which will do just that too. You know, one of the things we're looking at doing is potentially got between five and, and 12 hours of gameplay, you know, depending on how you play it. And if that comes off, that would be fantastic. I agree. I still think you should buy the rights to uh, Moon Patrol and redo that. 
<laughs> See, Josh thinks the same thing now. Oh, what was the other one you told me to go to THQ for? Uh, wasn't it that? Uh, oh, oh God, eat. No, uh, yeah. no uh, attack all humans or something like that. Yeah, was... no, no, no. Oh God. Uh, whatever it was, destroy all humans. Go. Destroy all humans. There you go. Yep. Yeah, that would have been fun. <laughs> yeah, that went for way too much money, though. How much did it go for? Oh, I don't remember anymore. I remember you and I talking on on uh, mm. on Skype during that time when when THQ was liquidating all their stuff, and we looked at it, yeah. and it was pretty cheap. And then all of a sudden, it just went way high. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But now, speaking of games like that that have come back, uh, TXK, which I know. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Just the fact that we get something like that coming through on the Vita is so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think Shahid and his team did very well getting Jeff to do that, don't you? I I was the happiest man around, I have to say. (laughs) Uh, I still remember vividly the, the pitch when we got Jeff in. We've got Gaz Lidden to thank for that. Yeah, Yeah, I know. I spoke to Gaz many times as a fun about that one. He's, um, In fact, he rang up on advice on something, which I'll tell you about later, which I thought was quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when, when I saw that, um, I I think I actually like broke a gasket or something. I, I freaked out because I'm one of the few people that actually has an Atari Jaguar pretty much just for Tempest 2000. I have other games for it, but Tempest 2000 to me is is just one of the greatest games ever made, and I actually have a custom-made uh, rotary controller for it and everything. And and the fact that he actually put support in the game for that was just astonishing to me. So, yeah, I, uh, I, I nerded out with, with, with Jeff for a while on Twitter, and he actually let us put some gameplay footage up on our YouTube channel. And uh, that game, I still just play constantly. I, every chance I get, I'm like, oh, I'll play some TXK for a while. And I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you going after him for that. Now we need the rotary controller add-on for the Vita. <laughs> yes, Bluetooth is fine. Just, uh, yeah, we need somebody to do that. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. Mm. He's going away again. Yeah, we'll see what we can do. Oh! <laughs> oh. <laughs> tweet it, Josh, tweet it. What was, what Confirmed. Was, um, what was <laughs> funny, actually, when I met, I went down to London two weeks ago, um, before we, had, we were having a meeting, before the meeting even started, um, I got a personal thank you from Shahid for something. Ooh. Didn't I? I don't remember. Oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah only, only, my li- only my little game. Only I gave my little game. I'm, I'm always yeah. thanking you. I know, but it was so nice to sit in the meeting with one of my other employees and you'd say, I just want to say thank you for getting Gravity Crash on the Vita. <laughs> and I thank you too. Yeah. Oh, you haven't played the final version. You haven't played. When have you played? Yes, it I did. Yet? Remember, you uh, you got it to Shane, and I got to play it in uh, February. That was, oh yeah, it's changed since then. Oh, I would hope. Uh, so. I haven't played it. Oh, <laughs> not long to go. Uh, so we do have one email. I don't know if Josh wants to read this or yeah. if you want me to. Yeah, sure. Uh, the question is: uh, Can you speak about getting Tales of Hearts R from the hashtag JRPG Vita poll? And would you be doing anything like that again? Uh, I'd love to see more of the games people mentioned come over. This is from Commander Sonata. What do you want to know? Uh, well, just the process of actually doing that, like putting that, that poll up. And- yeah, I, I have enjoyed the, the Twitter hashtag polls <laughs> that were up <laughs> way back when. And I still want to know where my... Um, 
I know they're never coming. Uh, where my <laughs> quest games from Sierra are the the King's Quest oh and Space Quest, and uh, who knows who has the rights school. to those at these points. <laughs> Twitter's been least, yeah. Twitter's been really interesting for me. It's been been quite a a useful um, a, a useful conduit of information from from gamers. It's you know it's a direct connection that would have been very difficult to achieve using any other medium. So I, I love its power. And so, you know, originally this is a very much a test the waters kind of thing. But the, the JRPG Vita hashtag, which, you know, in, in hindsight, is probably the worst named hashtag of all time. Because it probably, <laughs> probably should have been Vita JRPG. I mean, what do I know? Anyway, so I was really surprised at just how much interest we got. We expected interest. Um, L- Lorenzo who's a legend and who I tweet about constantly. Um, He's my right-hand man and uh, probably one of the best people in the industry. Uh, One of its, uh, I'd like to say unsung heroes, but I'd be wrong because I sing about him all the time. (laughs) Um, Not in Italian. I'm sure he'd appreciate that. (laughs) But he he really understands uh, what gamers want because he's as hardcore as it gets. And he said, well, you know, what Vita really needs are, are RPGs and they, you know, it needs JRPGs and we need to find a way of doing this. And we, you know, we, we were exploring all kinds of ways of trying to get the Vita as much support as possible. That was our mission, right? Get as much great software into Vita as possible. It wasn't just from independent developers. Right. That was one source. There were other sources as well. So, you know, we've been talking to obviously the large publishers along with our colleagues in, in third party, um, you know, who, who have all been awesome. But our mission was to focus on the Vita, and it it appeared to us, certainly to Lorenzo, who who kept um, pushing me on this until finally I relented and I said, you know what, you're absolutely right. Let's let's do this. Let's see what happens. So, I, you know, I put a few tweets up about it, and the response was just staggering. <laughs> I'd never seen anything like it. And it was like, you know, I'd, I'd opened Pandora's box. It was just nuts. I, I, you know, my, my timeline was just basically broken. I was sitting there swiping through my mentions list for half an hour every morning. Um, and then eventually did, did the tally um, to see. And it, and it wasn't about going after the one at the top. I hope this gives you a clue. It was just to see what the interest level was like and to see which games people were particularly interested in. Right. Obviously, Tales of Harps are was one of them. But, you know, you, you can... Have a look at the hashtag yourself, look at the tally, and see who else we might or might not have been speaking to. Of course, we're speaking to our partners all the time. And if it makes sense for us and our partners to make something happen, it happens. And if it doesn't, then there are usually very, very good reasons um, for that. And I know that gamers are exceptionally passionate about the games that they really want to see on the system. But business needs come um, very, very high. Um, and of course, you know, people's jobs are dependent on these things. So you have to tread carefully and make sure that you do the right things. We, we were absolutely delighted um, that, that talking to Namco Bandai for quite some time yielded this result. Um, we're really pleased with our relationship with them. We're really, really pleased that they supported this initiative and uh, very excited and looking forward to seeing Tales of Harps are finally coming out this year in the West. Um, I, I, for one, will be um, playing it, even though I'm not really a JRPG guy. I mean, that that support came from Lorenzo, and now he's got me interested. So, 
Oh uh, boy, you're never going to get any work done. Huh? <laughs> yeah, so so that will be cool. But yeah, we obviously we're talking to our other partners as well, and we're doing our absolute best to make sure that Vita has the best games across the board. So no, um, it's not the only one. Um, yes, talks have been going on with a lot of our partners for quite some time, and hopefully when the time is right, we'll see more. Well, I think some of that perception of you know wanting more JRPGs in the Vita, I, th- I think, stems from the fact that the PSP had so many great games. Yeah, yeah, and I, it's it's funny to think that you've got these these RPGs that can take you know multiple hours, twenty, thirty hours on a handheld because. A lot of people always perceive that on a handheld, you want something really quick. You can play it for like 20 minutes and, and get out. And to see that prolifer- proliferation on the PSP, I think surprised a lot of people. But, you know, for a lot of people, that is a JRPG slash RPG machine. You know, here's the interesting thing. For a long time, Lorenzo and I have had the impression, and a lot of other people in the industry and in the PlayStation business have this um, perception that... Um, the, the PSP and equally the, the PlayStation Vita are not just portable consoles, they're personal consoles, which means people are attached to them for very, very long periods of time. Yeah. And the whole, whole idea that it's about quick bursts of play, well, I don't know where that came about because really it's about, you know, you could be sitting there on the sofa with your Vita for hours. I know I have been. I know that when I want to fire something up, I might fire up my Vita just to have a quick go on something, right. and suddenly an hour has passed. And that will have been because I've got totally absorbed. And the great thing about a personal device like, like the Vita is that you can be really, really comfortable playing it, and you don't have to worry about what anybody else in the house is doing. We have seen a lot of these um, long-play games do really well on PSP and Vita for, for the simple reason you just pick up and play where you last left off you know you turn the device off you turn it on again and there you are straight back in the game right um and and that kind of makes it just as much personal as it is portable the portable side of it facilitates the personal gaming but i think it's probably more accurate to describe it as a personal gaming device and that creates a really high level of attachment and it means people play games for a very very long time and i see lorenzo for example play the same game on his vita uh, for days on end, uh, sometimes we'll just leave it on for you know for hours just to continue something. Well, I think part of that perception probably comes from the fact that uh, some people see the Vita like for some reason the same as like playing games on their iPhone or on their Android, and because they're like it's mobile games, you know that's mobile, this is mobile, and I think that's where some people get that from. That's wrong. Yeah, I agree, it's wrong <laughs> because I grant just on the PSP, uh, Grand Theft Auto. Uh, Liberty City Stories, Vice City Stories, the God of War games, which were an amazing technical achievement at the time. Having those two games on there, just there, there are so many games like like the whichever God of War it was. I can't remember which one it was that I was reviewing. Um, we had it uh, probably a week or two before it came out, and that hit right around Extra Life. Um, so you guys were all downstairs, and I took the PSP upstairs and I was watching it was either a Phillies game or an Eagles game. There was, there was a game on TV. So I went upstairs and the game was on TV in the background while I was playing God of war for hours, hours upstairs. Yeah. It was, oh, I love that. I just, I love that I can have, especially now with, with the Vita that we're getting um, the sly collection. Yeah. 
which <laughs> I'm so excited for. <laughs> um, the Sly Collection, the some of the earlier God of War games are coming. Uh, some of these big, big games, and and like Dynasty Warriors Eight that I just reviewed. The the fact that it's on the PS4 and I have an exact replica of it on the Vita that I can just pass my save over to, jump on the train and go to work and play it on the way to work, play it on the way home, pop the save back to the PS4 and continue. It, it's the best thing ever <laughs> for, a, for somebody who grew up with gaming from the Atari 2600 on. The, just the idea that I can take my game with me and play it wherever I go. You know, for hours on end in the car, in the on the train, wherever I happen to be, and then come home and just continue it either, you know, on the handheld or on the full console. It, it's staggering. It, just the world we live in is so cool now. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, yeah. And it's like the full experience. That's the other thing. Yeah. I mean, if you play a game on, <clears throat> say, a touchscreen device, touchscreen only, that is, of course your experience is going to be dictated by the the inputs that you have on that device yeah. whereas something something on the vita you know you you got just this vast array of uh of inputs and, and proper controllers and so on i say proper controllers these are the controllers that form the design language of gaming input for 15 plus years you know yep. people are really really comfortable and familiar with that and and that for many people represents a full experience i love the way um rod from daco daco describes the vita he calls it like a toy box and it's a toy, toy box because it has so many ways of interacting with it that it feels mm. it, it just feels like a beautifully crafted uh, interface device to delight the player. Um, and that's something you're just never going to get from a touchscreen only device. I agree. I, I personally, I don't like playing games just on touchscreen. I, I probably have two games on my, uh, my phone right now. One of them is Bejeweled and I think the other one is, uh, it might just be Bejeweled now. <laughs> so yeah. I, I really I have, just don't like doing that. So having a real controller is, is so key for me personally, and that's why I love the Vita so much. I, I, I bring it with me everywhere I go. I've tried a couple games on the phone and on the iPad. I, I, I won't. I haven't paid for one yet. I've I've tried demos of everything or, or free games, and the ones I've tried, I just I hate. I can't. I can't deal with that. The the controls are imprecise. They they just there's no feedback to them. They, they just don't feel right, and it just never works for me. So I that's, that's a really fantastic point. I think you've drawn upon what is a really important distinction, and I think this is what we're realizing quite a lot, is that devices like the Vita, they really are gamers' devices. And the, the thing with the phone is you have the phone with you all the time. So anyone has one, and those people are not necessarily gamers. So the experiences are tailored for people who are not necessarily gamers. So, of yeah. course, gamers are going to find themselves somewhat frustrated or limited by those experiences simply because they've built up the skills to be able to enjoy the full range of gaming. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. Yeah. So I would be remiss if I don't bring this up really quick. I know other people have tweeted it to you, um, and I know it's not for Vita, but uh, if there's anything Sony can do to try to get Yakuza 5 into the West, it'd be great. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> you don't have to react to it. <laughs> he's not. I know. <laughs> it's because he's, no. <laughs> he's sitting no, on it. Actually, that, that reminded me. I We had tweeted back and forth when the PS4 came out about um, remote play. Uh, and you would ask me, 
if I was if my PS4 was wired or wireless and it was wired at the time and you wanted me to try wireless and I said I will and I'll get back to you and then my PS4 died so I never got back to you on it <laughs> um, but it, that was taken care of very quickly I got the I got the replacement and everything I have tried it wireless since then and it's it's flawless it's just like it's wired it's awesome. It just works so beautifully. I love that connectivity between the two. Yeah, I, I think the only thing let me down on PS4 still, <clears throat> and Shahid knows about this because I mentioned it several times to him, and various other employees at Sony Europe as well, is the lack of media support still. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah. apparently it's but, coming, so. Yeah, it should yeah. come. Yeah. I, uh, we were talking about that on the podcast last week with the, with the announcement of uh, the new firmware coming. and. Yeah. I had mentioned, you know, that I had gone back and when I was writing this, these articles for the 15 years of PlayStation a couple of years ago, uh, I went back and I found a, a wiki page of all the firmware updates to the PS3 uh, to that point. And it's staggering. <laughs> you forget how much was added to that from oh, yeah. the start and, and to where it is now. And... You know, I I don't expect all that day one in the PS4, uh, where according to our Facebook group, some people do. <laughs> I don't <laughs> because I know you know there's more important. It's a whole new operating system. There's more the the key critical things need to be in there, and the rest will come. I know they're coming. It's it's just a matter of you know when they come and and what gets added and and everything else. Uh, the the media sports a big thing for a lot of people, you know. So hopefully that's sooner rather than later. I mean, from my personal view, that is, I've got two PS3s in the house and a PS4, yeah. and if I want to watch media, I have to unplug the PS4 and plug the PS3 in in the living room. Yeah, you know? well, maybe you should get a TV with more than one input. <laughs> no, it's not that. That's not the issue. The issue is literally the fact that I have no more power sockets. <laughs> and I can't be asked to go and buy more. But I also have no space underneath the TV either anymore. And I don't want to buy a new unit because it's like, oh, it means new furniture. God. Yeah, time for a new house. Oh, you're a big fancy developer, man. you got the money. Oh, you wish. I, I wish. Swimming in cash. Oh, I wish that was the case. I really do. <laughs> month to month, dude. Yeah. Meal to meal. That's me. Uh-huh. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. All right. I, th- I think we've taken everybody's time up enough here. I, we've been talking for quite a while, and uh, uh, we really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us, both of you. I mean, you know, Stuart, we haven't had you on for a little while either, so. Uh, yeah, it's been, what, like two weeks? At least two weeks, yeah. <laughs> so. and, and, and hopefully he, he's over his anger about the whole cross-buy thing and uh, move forward. Are you mad about cross-save, too, or are we already planning on that? We're already planning on that. Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> yeah, cross save and cross save. I think is even more important than cross buy. I agree. Cross buy is well, huge, but cross save. I mean, the, the, uh, no. the, the, the people on our fail. Facebook group says differently, but uh, they're both really yeah, big. But cross save is. is huge for me. It's huge. Uh, I mean, the, the uh, from a technical standpoint, I, mean, I remember you guys asked me about Stranger if it was going to have cross save PS3 yeah. to Vita, and I said no because it, was, it wasn't the space. You know the. Cross save, save stuff technically uses the um, uh, total user storage ability, which is only one megabyte in size, and the saves in Stranger go up to like five and a half, six megs in some cases. Mm. But hasn't that um, changed? No, it still is one meg. Um, so literally, this past week, I've been speaking to, to the R and D guys at Dev Sport in London, 
about that for um, new and tasty. And it's, you know, it's, they said, yeah, well, as long as it's over, if it's under one meg, you know, carry on as you would do normally. If it's over one meg, let us know. And I'm thinking, wait, what? There's an option there? So, Ooh. you know, if I had my way, I'd make Stranger now cross safe. But yeah, it's, it's too long ago now for that project. Uh, but something, all right, then how is, there must be a different way to do it because the saves in MLB The Show are pretty big, aren't they? They're well yeah, I, I don't know how they're doing it. I mean, they, I, I don't know. It's because they I, have I, their own server infrastructure for that game. Okay. It was either that, I was going to say, maybe they're actually using the, the cloud save space. Mm-hmm. Well, they yeah. are. They're using a cloud save space, uh, but I think it's it's a little bit separate than uh, than what everybody else gets access to. Okay, from what I've heard. Yeah, I mean that's something I know about. But um, it's quite funny actually because I was listening to someone earlier today. I said, "What's funny about this support message? It's the first time in my life I had to say thank you, Jesus, because <laughs> the support guy's name was Jesus." <laughs> felt very actually, it, it, since we're on this, I, I have to say that really? Fez. Fez probably is the first game I've ever seen that does this absolutely right. Yes. They oh, have, save. yeah, where they have, you go into the save files and they have save one, save two, and, and cloud save. save. Yeah. Which it has to, because that's the thing. There is no standardization across all of them, obviously. You know, everybody's kind of doing their own thing and you don't want to dictate necessarily. But having something there where the, just the easier, the better. Um, because yeah. some of these saves have been so convoluted on how you get it saved and, and how you pass it up. You have to do it manually after you play the game and push it here and then go get it there. And just having it automatically saved to a slot that will pass it through without you doing anything is, is beautiful. Agreed. And that's, I, I think, I wish everybody would do that. <laughs> Well, I, I think, think it's been a, a learning I, I, process, and yeah, I actually yeah. think that's the way we're. I think that's where we're doing it in Strange and, and um, not in Stranger. Uh, uh, you said it. You said it. Stranger tweeting. Jesus God, new and tasty. Jeez, too late. Like, 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 like ferret up a drain pipe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we have we have definitely gone on on the tangents uh, long enough, I think, and uh, and we didn't mention Rush. Oh, damn. Oh, no, we didn't talk about Rush at all. What the heck? We'll have to have Stuart on again next week or something. We'll do that. Uh, Shahid, thank you so much for taking the time out of your, your insanely busy schedule to talk to us. It's my pleasure. Thank you for hosting me. And hopefully you'll uh, come on again soon and, and maybe talk to us some more. And we'll maybe get, you know, we'll get, we'll get like a little uh, a riff coming off the base. And... <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully you'll get some sleep. I mean, this yeah, is no a guy kidding, who's man. on Twitter 24 hours a day. <laughs> It's the bot that takes over at 10 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> all right, gentlemen. Well, thank you very much, and uh, we will talk to you all very, very soon. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks once again to those guys for, for joining us, and uh, thank goodness I got his name right. So <laughs> I was very worried about that all the way through. So I, uh, luckily I, I, I was joking the first time, but I didn't slip the rest of the time, so I was happy. Uh, but thanks so much, guys, for, for joining us on the show. Hopefully we'll have them again on very soon. Obviously, Stuart will be on again eventually. He's just, he's, he's, we can't get rid of him. We try. We try. Yeah. Sounds like he's got some exciting stuff to talk about, hopefully around E3 time anyway, or maybe a little after. So we'll definitely have him on to talk about that. So, 
Uh, why don't we take our break? When we come back, we've got what we're playing and watching. Review of the Star Wars Pinball Heroes Within Table Pack. My impressions of Daylight uh, coming from Atlas and Zombie Studios. And some emails. And we'll talk about uh, this week for the SOCOM fans out there. We'll be right back. We're going to have a good time. I guess I'll start since I have the review and stuff afterwards. So, played a few things. Uh, didn't really watch anything besides the original Godzilla because that comes out May 16th, the new one. <laughs> Looks so good. Uh, so, Battlefield 4 on PS4. Uh, apparently, EA and DICE have replaced the servers with the new ones. And I gotta say, it's actually running really well. Hmm. Uh, gameplay overall is great. We you get like one rubber band section every now and then on Lang Kang Dam or whatever, but it's been really solid. <clears throat> the only problems we're having now is that battle log, which is it, it's kind of like what's that thing for uh, you play on Ubisoft? Hmm. It, it, Battlefield Four is all tied in with this thing called battle log. Okay, so you can get to it on the web and everything else. And that's what they use for matchmaking. Well, the problem is I think Battlelog is running on old servers too because the problem we've been having lately, and it's here and there, and I haven't tried it for a couple of days, obviously, but uh, we were having problems actually joining sessions. So if we tried to join a friend, it would like knock us out of the server or whatever else. So that's the problem we were having, but it doesn't seem like it was happening lately. It's just over the weekend. Uh, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's running great. Naval Strike's running really well. Uh, every now and then you'll get a little bit of a frame rate drop, but I'm, you know, in, in terms of where it was for the last six or seven months or whatever you want to say, compared to that, this is a wholly new game now. It really is. It's running great. It's it, The performance overall is excellent. I would say it's at, at about 95% of what it should be. Okay, but... <sighs> See, you just said it right there. Uh, compared to the last, however many yeah, months, it have now taken is that long. this just yeah? Is this just too little, too late? Has the community left at this point, no. and they just don't care anymore? No, they haven't, and that, and that is kind of what shows you how great this game can be. Because the problems that we were having weren't all the time either. Uh, you would have rubber banding on two maps, no matter what, Lankang Dam, and uh, I'm forgetting the other one right now, but. It would always happen. The problem, the biggest problem was, and I think what made it most evident, was when the Naval Strike DLC came out. It didn't even come out on PC or Xbox One for a few days after because they were having so many problems with it. And it ran like a slideshow on PS4 on occasion. And more often than not, actually. Uh, it got so bad to the point where we didn't even play Naval Strike anymore. And the thing is, the content in that pack is excellent. 
They're they're great maps. Every one of them is great, but it was impossible to play them because it was just so slow, just you know, so rubber bandy. It was ridiculous. Now it's actually playing really well. There's still a ton of people playing it online. They just did another double XP weekend, of course, when I was out of town. Because that happens every time. Whenever I go to town, that's when double XP happens in a game I'm playing. Um, but we did. We went and played Killzone a few times. You know, we're playing the new DLC in Killzone Shadowfall. There's a few things that we, we kind of complain about that one as well. There's at least three maps where if you get on with a bunch of kind of elite players, all they do is spawn camp you. You can't get out of your base. There, there have been a couple. Uh, there's one on the forest where I was starting the right side of the map, and I never even made, out, made it out of my base the entire time. I actually, personally, I actually sniped that round because these guys just surrounded the two entrances to the map, or to, to, to our two entrances in. And I actually went sniper just so I could take these guys out. And I abhor snipers. But at the same time, I wasn't doing what I abhor, and that wasn't, I wasn't like hiding in some little corner of the, of the map trying to pick guys off. I was just fending for my life. So... But yeah, uh, no, Battlefield, I mean, there's still, like I said, every now and then you get a little hitch, but you kind of expect that in most online games nowadays. So, you know, I, I really want to make sure that I give the good with the bad. You know, we've been complaining about this game for so long, and I made sure to even tweet it to EA and DICE, and it sucks, and, and I don't think anybody will ever forgive them to the fact that it's taken six months for this to happen, uh, especially for people that paid for premium. You, you, we paid $120 for this game. Yeah, that's crazy yeah or if you're ass coffee bitching about that you're never going to buy premium then he buys a map pack then he buys premium yeah my ass. <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> bitching for days i'm not going to support him i'm not buying premium also the first dlc came out we're like wait how's ass coffee in her oh i bought the map pack we're like what and then he buys premium so anyway no it, it really is it's running great We've been having a really good time with it. Uh, I don't know about voice chat within the game itself because we always go on the party system. It just works better that way. But uh, I'm telling you, it's it's working well. Uh, they had a problem with the servers the other day where it was only letting 44 onto 64 player servers, but actually that didn't really bother us at all. Uh, but no, it's it's uh, it is running swimmingly. I hope it continues. You know, we keep like crossing our fingers when we get into the game. Like, okay, is it going to be good again? Uh, but it, it's been awesome. So very, very happy, and uh, hopefully it gets even better. Hopefully they fix Battlelog, because Battlelog is just a, a cow. It always has been, though. Mm. Like, half the time you get into the game, it pulls down all your personal stats right away. And instead of doing, like, a save file out to the cloud, it actually pulls it down from Battlelog. And half the time it'll go, oh, can't reach Battlelog, and you're like, great. So you got to wait about 20 seconds, go back into, like, click on the soldier section in, in the menu and that pulls your stats down again then it works but then you go into battle log to join your friends because there's a multi when you go into multiplayer there was actually a thing on the right side like a quick connect like if you had friends in you could join your friend right there well that doesn't work anymore even though it used to but now you have to go into battle log by hitting the trackpad when you go in you're supposed to be able to join your friend from there but half the time the friends that are playing the game on the top of the list, that just disappears. So then you have to hit R1 to go to another section of the menu, go back, and then hit triangle to join your friend. So it's Battlelog is just a pig. So hopefully they fix it and not have it in the next Battlefield. But, no, it's been awesome. So kudos to them for fixing it after six effing months. Way to, way to do some QA there, EA and DICE. Hmm. Just saying. Uh, and like I said, Kills on Shadowfall we've been playing. 
Uh, I'm having a great time with it. Uh, you know, there, there's some frustrating maps, but that's why we set up our own servers usually, so we can get rid of the uh, the air drones and we can get rid of uh, snipers being able to go invisible, and we get rid of uh, uh, what's the other thing? There's one other thing we usually turn off, but and we we don't put the maps in there where you can spawn spawn camps like the penthouse, uh, the forest, and there's like one or two other ones we don't run. But the new maps are awesome, by the way. Uh, played some daylight today. I'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, also, the Heroes Within tables. I've been playing those like crazy on all three platforms. So we'll talk about that after this. Uh, and then I didn't realize uh, Pinball Arcade they released two new tables for PS4, even though they didn't bring the Season Two table pack out yet. So, man, their business model is just all over the place. Uh, I picked up the Fishtails table. This is a great pinball machine. Uh, it's one of my favorites. It actually has kind of like the Billy Bass up in the corner. It doesn't talk, but it's uh, like the big rubber fish and it flops around on the actual table or on the you know above the score thing uh it's excellent in pinball arcade i've been having a great time with it i actually stayed up until like three in the morning one night i had a really good run going and and put up a pretty decent score on it so uh, worth the money for me if you're a pinball enthusiast fish tails was always one of those great tables to begin with uh, i think they did a really good job with it though here uh played more mlb 14 the show on the vita Obviously, PS4 version should be in our hands any time now, and that review hopefully will go up on the 6th, but with me going to Carolina, eh, I'll I'll see what I can do. But looking forward to the PS4 version big time. I I really can't wait to play that one, and I'm probably going to spend a lot of time on it. All right, these last two. Oh, boy. Okay. So first up, we didn't get this for review. I actually purchased this game. It's uh, for the PlayStation Vita called Starlight Inception. So this game, it's kind of like Strike Suit Zero to a certain extent. It's a space shooter, kind of like Colony. Oh, it lo- yeah. looks a lot like Elite or Colony Wars, really, more than anything else. Uh, so this was a Kickstarted game that is coming to PS3, and it also came out on PC already. So it came out on Vita and PC the same day, and then it's coming to PS3. So started off, played it for a while, and the space stuff was pretty good. It, it's the And Ray said this perfectly when he emailed me the other day. It would be better if I hadn't already played Strike Suit Zero. Mm. So I did some pretty good stuff, and then the game crashed on me after the first mission. So I go in on this really long landing. They give you these little indicators to, you know, to, to land on the ship, kind of like Battlestar Galactica style, and the game crashes on me. So I had to restart, do the entire freaking level over. There was no checkpoints that were saved. <sighs> so I went through the whole tutorial again. Then... I had to do a ground mission over Chicago. At least I think it was Chicago because the draw-in for the buildings was terrible. It, and I kept saying it on the stream. It looked like I was playing Strike, uh, Strike Commander from Origin back in the day on the PC, which kind of defined the term Fog of War because they were do, trying to do so much in that game that you couldn't see more than 100 feet. Uh, buildings were drawing in halfway, on this game, uh, it, it was slow plotting, but the controls are good. You know, it's it's kind of weird. Like, there's some production values that are really good. The music is excellent. The voice work, eh, it's passable. The, the the stuff in space looks good. I mean, there's capital ships, and you know, you can take down these big freighters and everything. But at the same time, the text looks. It really does feel kind of like an iOS game that was ported over to the Vita. Mm. Uh, the text is really kind of wonky. 
it just seems a little sloppy here and there. You can't skip some of the cutscene stuff, even if you're redoing it. Uh, Wasn't this somewhat expensive? Twenty three dollars. Yeah. Yeah. What I kind of think is happening is that because it was a Kickstarter game, and really they, their goal wasn't that high for what they were actually doing. I have a feeling they ran out of money and they had to release it to get their money back and make more money. Mm. So it, it sucks. I mean, it, it's got a lot of potential. It has multiplayer. I think it has multiplayer because when I tried to play the multiplayer, uh, nobody was on at all in any of the modes. So either their servers weren't running or there was nobody on at all. So I would like to try multiplayer someday. But, it, it, you know, that's the thing, though. They're asking for a Vita game, for a downloadable Vita game. I think they're asking a lot of money. Uh, it's, but, again, you know, you, you can download full games on the Vita just like you can on PS4 and PS3. But for something that really does look, in, in, in some aspects, looks like a mobile game, looks like an iOS or Android game, uh, it, it's all across the board. And that's why I kind of feel like they ran out of cash and they had to release it. I don't know. But I'm going to still play it. I'm going to try to get through some more of it and see how it's going. Because the space stuff is pretty decent. Uh, like I said, the controls are pretty good. They're a tad stiff at times. It is funny when you go into the cockpit view, though. You can switch between uh, like third person and in the cockpit. It reminds me so much of Wing Commander. Because you can see the hand on the joystick, like in Wing Commander. And there's no subtle movements. Like if you turn left, it goes, it goes bam, 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 all over the place. So it's almost exactly like Wing Commander when it first came out. But, yeah, steer clear for now. Uh, hopefully the PS3 version maybe will be better. Maybe they'll patch it. I don't know, but not. And if you want to see it for yourself, I was actually streaming it that day, so the replay of the stream is up on our YouTube channel. Uh, just do a search for PS Nation. Uh, or The username is Torgo100, so you can look that up too. But check it out. I mean, there's about a good hour of gameplay on there. And then the last one, uh, so I kind of forgot we had this, and I need to get this done for a review. Uh, Castlevania Lords of Shadow 2 threw that in for PS3. It's totally Castlevania God of War. <laughs> hmm. It's weird. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Uh, it's, a, it's visually stunning. It's, it's a beautiful game. Uh, plays a lot like Castlevania. Or, I mean, uh, a lot like God of War. Uh, there's a lot of jumping around things, you know, grabbing onto ledges and all that stuff. Uh, you have a whip, kind of like the Chains of Chaos, or the Blades of Chaos. Uh, you have this punchy thing, kind of like in God of War 3 with the lion hands. Not the punchy thing. You know, the punchy things. The, I, don't, I don't know what they call them, and I forget what they call them in Castlevania. <laughs> but, you know, the punchy things. You can punch harder, you know, and punch through armor, just like in God of War 3. Uh I think it's a little bit sloppier, though. Uh, the controls are a little bit, a little bit stiff. So even when you're walking and everything, it just doesn't really have that kind of easy flow to it. it it's very stiff controls. I was fighting one boss and I had no idea what I had to do, and it took me about a half an hour. And all of a sudden, it said, "Oh, you have to do this," and then I didn't have the magic that I needed to have to do it. So then I had to figure out how to get the magic gauge filled up again, and I, I probably fought, fought that boss for 45 minutes. So, you know, it's a little vague at times. I'm missing a lot of stuff because you'll, you'll be walking through these, uh, like these big buildings and, you know, big castles or caves or whatever else, and there's a lot of branches. 
and I see a branch, I'm like, well, I'm going to go to this one first. And then you find out that's the way you were supposed to go. And I knew there were things in the other one, and I couldn't go back. So that kind of drove me a little crazy. Because there is a lot of stuff to find, just like in God of War. And, uh, mm. you know, so, again, I, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It just doesn't do it as well as God of War 3. Oh, no, sounds terrible. <laughs> no, it's actually, I mean, <laughs> I'm trying to think. I, I think I played it for about three or four hours. And the only reason I quit, I think, is because we had to record or something that night. Or something was going on. Uh, but I was very compelled to keep playing it. I, like I said, I think it looks fantastic. It is a very beautiful game. Uh, overall, there was a couple things that looked a little weird, but uh, controls are pretty good. Not as good as God of War. Uh, I was having some, like the dodge. I really wish the dodge was on the right stick like it is in God of War. Uh, instead, of you're using L2, and sometimes it's not as responsive, I think. But it, it's good. I, it's, it, the first one I really didn't like. I, I got very bored with the first one after about an hour. Uh, again, that game seemed very vague, and, and I just didn't really know what I was supposed to be doing sometimes. This one, uh, it's vague in terms of what you have to do with some of the bosses, but uh, I think it's I think it's well done. It's fun. So yeah, gonna keep working on that when I get back. Put a review up for that one. And that's it for me. Hmm. Yeah, I really didn't watch anything specific. I watched a lot of random stuff, some mystery science theaters. Although, did you see Joel Hodgson wants to bring mystery science theater back next year? Yeah. 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 I'm excited. Oh, and Rift Tracks cool. brought a couple of really good things out lately. So I used our link to buy them. Very good. Excellent. Very good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I played on the Vita uh, some Walking Dead. Nice. Of course. I'm trying to get through season one quickly. I'm in the last, I'm in episode five. So all I have to do is blow through that and I'm on to season two on the Vita. Nice. Oh, well, that and 100 days. So, <laughs> um, no, did 100 days come with season two or did you have to get no, that separate too? No, it's when you get the full season one pack, it comes with 100 okay. days. Okay. For the Vita, anyway. Uh, Zen Pinball Star Wars tables. Nice. Uh, oh, good. Playing. So you can talk to talk about them when I do. Yeah. Yay! We get to do uh, that so rarely. I well, I have to kind of remember them. <laughs> That's part of my problem. Because, <laughs> well, <clears throat> my biggest problem is I went to download them. Yeah. And I started up Zen Pinball 2. It said I didn't have any tables on there. And I'm like, what the f... Hmm. I have all these tables. Because like, I spent all that time downloading all of them. Yeah. And I remember doing it. And it said I didn't. It lost them somewhere along the way. And I had to re-download which everything. Which console was that on? The Vita. Yeah, I had the same thing. I think it, a patch blew away the database or something. Yeah. Yeah, I had the same thing on my Vita. It wasn't all of them, but it was a few of them. No, for me, it was every wow. single one of them. It said that I had nothing on there. Wow. And I, I own all every table except for Plants vs. Zombies and one other. Hmm. And I can't remember what the other one is. Um, so I had to get every single freaking table, eh. which was just... That it sucks. was a pain. Yeah. Um, so I played a bunch. 
you know, because I'd get one or two and I'd be like, oh, I want to play that again. And I'd start playing that. And then I'd get another one. And I'm like, oh, I want to play that one. So, yeah, I was all over the place with that. Nice. And I finally played Pixel Junk Monsters on the Vita. Oh, the new one, the ultimate one or whatever? Yeah. Nice. Which I've had on there for a while and just never actually sat down to play it. And I like it. I like what they did with this versus what it was on the PSP. Yeah. I think this is a much better implementation and it just works better. Well, doesn't it have all touch controls now and stuff too? I uh, probably, I didn't use any of them. Oh, okay. I was I, just I, using. I'm, I'm trying to remember back. Cause I haven't played it for a long time on the Vita. Yeah. I was just using the sticks like, uh, just like, you know, the old, the like, PS3 one and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I played a bunch of Retro City Rampage. Nice. I gotta get yeah. back to that game. Yeah. It's a crazy game. Yes, it is. Crazy and very, game. very funny. And actually, maybe that's what set me off. I, for some reason, it might have been that. I, I started thinking about uh, this scene in Ready Player One. So. <laughs> I started reading that again oh, <laughs> and just got sucked right down the rabbit hole. I was like, Oh, this is so freaking cool. And now I'm, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm deep into it again. I love that book so much on the PS three. There's an odd group of games and there's a reason it's an odd group of games, but I can't talk about why it's a reason it's an odd group of games, but I was playing luminous supernova. Okay. That's on disc. Uh, no. Isn't that the disc one? That's the download oh, I'm one. I'm thinking of the PS2 one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. This was the download one. Uh, I was like, oh, I'll just try that real quick. Oh, boy. And a couple hours later, uh, my first game ends. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> You're like Rain Man with that game. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's where I was playing Pixel Junk Shooter 2. I couldn't remember when or why or... How, but that's where I was playing it. Nice. Uh, I played that, and I played Grid. Grid. Oh, the racing game. Yeah. Man, that first one is rough. I had a really hard yeah. time with the first one. It, it feels like you're racing on ice all the time. Yeah, it does. And there's so much screen tearing. Mm-hmm. It's Oh, it's just a messy game. But I wanted to see how it looked and how it played, and... That's what I did. I think we got Grid 2 for Plus, didn't we? Mm, I think so. Yeah, because Grid 2, much better. Yeah. Much better. Yeah. Yeah, but I was playing these for a specific reason, which cannot be spoken about. Uh, okay. A reason you're jealous about. But that's all I'm going to say. Oh, yeah. Yeah. F you. Uh, and here's where I'm going to surprise you. I played portal Mm -hmm. through steam Mm -hmm. on my PC. Wait, you played online with somebody? No. Oh, you played on PC. Yeah. What the fuck? Yes. (laughs) I knew that would throw you off. Wow. Uh, so what happened here is, you know, Microsoft is ending support for Windows XP. Well, they already did. Yeah. Yeah. My old computer 
that has been kicking around forever uh, is XP. And I went through the whole upgrade thing. I looked at it, you know, downloaded the... Tell me you didn't upgrade it. Just listen. Okay. Jeez. I downloaded the software where it tells you, can you upgrade this to Windows 7? And it said, sure you can, but you just have to wipe your whole hard drive and start over. And I was like, well, what the fuck? Why? No, I'm not doing that. So I wasn't going to do anything about it. I didn't know what I was going to do about it because I don't want to be sitting on an XP machine at this point. And I I didn't know what to do with it. Uh, And with stuff that's going on at work, we started looking at stuff there and found that, Hey, guess what? There's a, there's a program with Dell for cheap computers. Oh no. <laughs> and it was my birthday. It's so your birthday. It's your birthday. Lou said happy birthday. And it's. A Wait, did you buy a computer that actually computer. can play a game? Yeah. Oh my God. That can, that can, that can games can hum on that thing. Is oh it, my God. Did you get a laptop or a desktop? New desktop. It's replacing my desktop. Yeah. Are you podcasting on it tonight? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Why are you worried that the sound is going to come out no, all no, screwed I up? Was just, no. Wow. No, I'm. I'm the the laptop is my podcast machine. No, but this uh, it's a really good computer, uh, especially for the price and everything. It's it's really good. Um. And I'm I'm very slowly, you know, installing everything. And, oh, that's the other f- crazy, crazy freaking thing. Yeah. All right. So, you know, as I'm installing all this stuff and, and trying to get through things, it's going to take me forever because I need to get all the data off my old computer. And I'm not putting it directly on the new one. I'm, I'm going to put it on a backup drive or something somewhere where I just have access to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I need to sort through like seven, eight years worth of stuff oh, on yeah. this computer. It's, it's a mess. Um, so, you know, I put steam on and I swear like a couple of weeks ago or a month ago or whatever, they had another free game available. And I swear I went in there and I got it and put it on my account and it's not there. All I have is portal. And the only reason I have that is because it was free at one point And I, or somebody gifted I, oh, it to you or something. No, no, it was free. They were giving it away, and that's when I signed up for a Steam account. Oh, and okay. I was like, but I can never play it on this computer, so it, you know, I never did anything with it. Um, so it's been sitting there forever. So I finally downloaded it you know, to the new computer, and I played it for a couple hours. <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> stop. Uh, it's really weird playing it with a keyboard and mouse. I'll bet. But at the same time, I'm I'm looking at it. I'm like, it's better. Crap! I might get into I might get back into PC gaming no, I'll, again. No, I'll have to uh, get you a good mouse. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's so. Crazy. Yeah, I might actually, but I'm not going to spend like money on big games and stuff. I'll only get like super cheap or free. So you're going to be another uh, Mark not, where he buys like yeah. whenever they do these big sales, Mark buys like oh, no, 40 no, no. games then he never plays no. them. No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm definitely not doing that. I have too many on uh, uh-huh. too many on the console that I haven't played. Uh, if I see, you know, there's a couple of older games that I want. There's a couple of very specific things that I want. If I see them 
get like under five bucks, yeah. then yeah, I'll buy them. Otherwise I'm probably not going to buy anything. It just depends. Yeah. Um, but it was weird. I was like, wow, I have not played a proper PC game on a PC <laughs> in more than a decade. Um, I, I'm, yeah, well more than a decade, probably 15, 20 years it's been. Wow. It's It's crazy. So it just felt surreal to be sitting and playing a PC game like that. <laughs> so, so odd, <laughs> but kind of cool. Uh, yeah. So I was enjoying it, but now here's the, here's the crazy thing. And this is how smart I am. Um, so remember my computer monitor died like a year or two years ago, yeah. whenever it was. Uh, and I was looking at monitors and trying to figure out what to do. And the PS3 3D, the PlayStation 3D monitor mm. was actually cheaper <laughs> than... Yeah, but there's a reason. Yeah, but, you know, I bought it and I've been using it ever since. And it works and it, it actually worked out better for me. Mm. Because when I want to do, you know, uh, screen caps and things and, and video caps for from the PS3... Oh, yeah. I can plug it right in. It's, you know, it's super easy. I can just bring it over. I have another input and I plug it right in there and yep. it's, it's great. So it worked out perfect for me. I was like, this is everything I need here. Yeah. The I, new com- I used mine as a PC monitor and I hated it, but I have it on my desk for that exact reason when I do capture stuff. Yeah. Or when I do streams, it, I play on that too. It works great for me yeah. as a, as a PC monitor. So, um, <laughs> so I got the new computer. I, I downloaded Power Director, which I had on the laptop. Uh, so I pulled that down and I started it up just to see how much faster it was and, you know, whatever, and just get into it briefly. Uh, it starts up and it loads up all these sample clips, video clips and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then a message pops up and it says, oh, we see you have a 3D monitor. Do you want to view this content in 3D? <laughs> and I went... Okay. And then the monitor went black and I went, oh, fuck. Because ah. it stayed black for like a good five, six seconds. Okay. And I'm like, oh, no, am I going to have to reboot? I don't want to reboot. Like hard reboot this brand new machine right in the middle. Oh, fuck. And then it popped up and it was totally in 3D. And I'm like, holy <laughs> fuck. I can totally edit video in 3D now. This is insane. <laughs> yeah, because you're going to be doing that so much. Well, but I can. can <laughs> How cool sure. is that? Sure. Just uh, like, like just because I got this PlayStation 3D monitor and it just does it just like that. I was like, this is insane. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm even happier now that this is the way I went when I bought this monitor. Sure. This is perfect. Uh, so yeah, that's it's very exciting. Well, you know, it, it, it's funny. I, I use this 24-inch monitor so much. I mean, we had it at MGC a couple times. And the funny thing is I never use it for 3D because usually when I'm recording, I can't record in 3D, obviously. So yeah. I, I just run it. I have the glasses sitting right here. They're charging all the time. But I don't think I've used 3D on them in, like, probably two years. But it, well, it's a great monitor to have, though. I mean, it, it, it does the job. It's got two HDMI inputs. It's got component inputs. And, you know, as long as it's not a really bright day, it works really well. The The funny thing is I had a, one of the Sony pairs of glasses sitting in my desk right here yeah. forever. 
And at some point in the last six, eight months, I was like, I'm not using them here. So I just took them upstairs. Well, when the monitor flipped over to 3D, I was like, damn it, they're upstairs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I didn't even get to put them on and look at it, but I could see that it was 3D and I was just, I was flipping out. I was like, oh, this is so cool. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm very excited about that. Cool. Um, I'm surprised so, you even found a Sony 3D monitor. Oh, this was I. I bought this like a year, oh, or two I years you just ago. Got it now. Remember? Okay. No, 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 no. The my old monitor died like a year or two ago. Right. And I needed to. I needed something to replace it. And I started looking, and I wanted like a a good size monitor, and they were all freaking expensive. And this this ended up being way cheaper than any of them, hmm. and it was much bigger. And I was like, all right. That's what I'll get. And it just, it has worked out for me on so many levels that I'm thrilled with it. So, yeah. Um, but that's, that's my excitement for the week is now trying to. Josh is a PC. Yeah. Take months setting up a, a good PC, you know? So uh, this, this one that will be with me for the next decade, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Will it run Windows 13? uh, But that's the thing. Yeah, that's the other thing. It it came with uh, Windows 8.1, which I was like, fuck. (laughs) Um, But with 8.1, you can force it to boot right to the desktop. Yeah, but it's not just the interface. Well, I mean, at home, it's fine. Windows 8 is such a pain in the ass for network admins, though, uh, because well, yeah, it doesn't but... like to even work with Windows 2003 server. So if you were on an older server and you hadn't done the upgrade yet because it's expensive, all of a sudden you're forced to upgrade because a lot of the AD stuff doesn't work correctly. And I mean, I could go on for hours about how much of a pain in the ass Windows 8 and, and Windows 8.1 are on the desktop. And that's why a lot of companies still haven't gone to it. And the funny yeah. thing is, everybody hears that XP is, isn't being supported anymore, quote-unquote, it doesn't matter. It just means that you can't call Microsoft for support for it. it still well, works. no, they're 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 not doing any updates or patches to it. Who so cares? Any... at this point, it's patched up to where it needs to be. It's it, no. it's, it's it's in the in the grand scheme of things, it's a very minor thing. Unless some humongous uh, security breach comes out, and at that point, it's either browser based or yeah, you'll have to do something with some other person that's not Microsoft. They'll bring out a patch for it. It's always what happens. Yeah. <laughs> I I got a new computer out of it. So no, I'm no, happy. it's cool. It's <laughs> um, cool. It's you know for I can post I, videos. I could if I had the time to do them. Oh, <laughs> but I could. Uh. Um, yeah. See, I Windows eight. It, it's it's staggering. I I don't know what's going on at Microsoft. The the way they handled the Xbox One mm. and the way they handled Windows Eight. Here, let's make a touchscreen based yeah. tablet type based operating system for desktops where people don't have a touchscreen monitor and don't want to be reaching across their desk to their monitor <laughs> to swipe and stuff. But that was and the that whole will idea. be the main interface yeah. for it. Who thought that was a good idea? Exactly. Who? But because, Who in their right minds? No, Microsoft was trying to bank on the fact that tablets were getting so so popular. <sighs> 
And then they Idiots. said, well, we're just going to merge everything because we've got our, our new tablet coming out that nobody wants. And we're going to make the Xbox One have all these tiles and we're going to have yeah. Windows 8 have it. And, and you'll, everybody will buy new equipment or they'll buy our, our Windows RT tablet for 800 bucks that has, you know, because you can, it's, it's full Windows 8. And they, they banked on all that and it's all just crashed in their face. It's, nobody it's cares so about Windows 8. Nobody wants it. And their tablets are drowning. They're, they're not selling. And Windows Phone's the same way. If they had made this, but I know, I, I, I know corporate politics. I could see it already as I'm saying it. If they had made this in a way that you could set it right off the bat, no, I don't have a touchscreen, yeah. so I only ever want to see the, the desktop. I do not ever want to see those tiles. But you know, in a corporate boardroom, somebody's like, but we have to push the tiles. Yep. So we have to make sure that they always see it. That's what you get when you log in. Yeah, you can get to the desktop if you have to, but we want people to be using the tiles and the apps and our new app store because Apple's making a killing on that and we want to do that too. And if they use it and they like it, then they'll want to buy our touchpad and that's the way to go. And you know how, mu- how much it's working for them? How much everybody's using all that? Windows Nine is not going to have that interface anymore. They're going back to the old one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was so stupid. I, it was so stupid. But, but you know, from from my perspective, you know, I've been doing this my whole life, pretty much. You know, we were trying to deploy desktops, and I mean, we worked with Windows Eight for months, and we couldn't get it working right because there were just so many things in there that number one, you know, the EUC which locks everything or the. Uh, the user encryption console or whatever uh, locks everything down so much that you can't override it because on a trusted network, you can override some of that stuff. Usually you can't even override it in windows eight unless you write all this custom software. Uh, like I said, you, you were forced to upgrade to windows to server 2008, which was way more expensive and actually not even that functional. There were a lot of applications we had at the last couple of jobs I was at that didn't even work with it. So it, it, they were forcing everybody not only to upgrade all their desktops, but their, their servers as well. And it was a nightmare. And, and for small business, it's even worse because their small business server is ridiculously expensive compared to Windows 2003, and it does less. Whereas I can put a full Windows 2003 server on there for like a fifth of the cost, and they get full functionality. But now this office I've been doing some work for uh, on the side, they, they bought a, a, a computer with Windows 8 on it. And because they use encryption on the hard drive, you can't even erase Windows 8 and install Windows 7 on it. You actually oh, have to do all these up. hacks to either get it off there or you have to replace the hard drive completely. Huh. Yeah. It, it, it is so ridiculous what they've done with Windows 8. And that one thing is such a pivot point for everything else. And yeah. it just ruins the experience for everyone. And they wonder why everybody's pissed off. <laughs> Well, for the home user standpoint, once the 8.1 update, it, it works for me because I boot right to the desktop. I I have a little shell on there, so the the little Windows thing in the corner is essentially a start button that kind of mimics uh, 7, where I could just easily get to any of my programs because that's that's the biggest problem with windows 8 like even when you get to the desktop just getting to your programs is such a pain in the balls oh i know because the (laughs) the store has this little app that they use and i could never get it to work in the files oh yeah it's fucked up so i i have it in i very quickly set it up in a way that it just it works for me and it works like 
like, uh, well, kind of like windows seven. Um, but it works really well and it's fast and it's, I mean, this thing came with 12 gigs of Ram in it, which was pretty sweet right off the bat. Uh, and I can push it to 16 if I need to. Um, you might actually be able to go higher. You can look all that up because as an example, Apple tells you like on my MacBook pro that you can have eight gigs total. It's actually 16. hmm. So there might be a way that you can actually go up more. And the thing is Ram is so dirt cheap that it's so easy to upgrade for less than a hundred bucks. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, very happy with what I got. Oh yeah. Uh, Sounds like a nice one. So, and it was, you know, it was a nice birthday present and that's that. Uh-huh. I will take that and be happy for yeah. quite a while. Yeah, definitely. So congratulations. Thank you. It's funny. I actually looked at, um, <clears throat> I had to look on good old games because, I looked at Steam and everybody was like, oh, this is garbage. You can't use it this way. Uh, Space Quest Collection and King's Quest Collection. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Because I know that uh, good old games does it in some kind of wrapper that it works really well. Yeah. But I I looked at them and I'm like, I don't feel like I could pay that for those games. How much were they? It was... (sighs) It was either ten bucks each, or yeah, or twenty bucks for twenty bucks for a collection of three, maybe. Wow. Which, yeah, I'm like twenty bucks. I I don't think I could do that. And the funny thing is, as as I was digging through my old computer, yeah, and and trying to um Whoa. get stuff out of there. I found a Sierra folder and I'm like, what is this? And I open it up and there's all the games, (laughs) but there, but I got these at some point. I I forget when I got these some point in the last decade, something happened with Sierra Yeah, and all of these games were made available legally for free at one point. Um, Yeah. And I don't remember exactly when or how that happened. And I tried starting one because it's this, these have their own wrapper on them and you can double click it and it tries to launch it and it just crashes and burns in XP. And I don't know if it's because I don't have good enough specs or it's XP or what it was. So I couldn't even get them to run. Hmm. I haven't brought them over to the windows eight machine. I don't, I, don't know that they'll work, but, um, but I have them all there, you know? So I look at that and I'm like, but I have them. So why would I pay 20 bucks to buy them again? I've got the Apple discs, you know, I have them. So I just, I'm going to help you too much. (laughs) You know that they're only King's quest four, five and six is 10 bucks. Mm. And one, two and three is 10 bucks. Where? On good old games. On good old games. Yeah. Hmm. Mm, and then yeah. seven and eight are ten, but they were better games. Or you See, can buy the buy entire it. set for twenty bucks. All eight games. Mm. Mm. Oh, there's Space Quest. <sighs> See, I could I could go for King's Quest one and two again. I love those two. Yeah. One, I I I played the crap out of one. <laughs> 
Oh my gosh. It's funny they got Gabriel Knight on here and I mean that game was awesome. I have to go, yeah. go look for Tech uh was it Tech's uh uh they're doing a new one too. The Tex game, I can't Tex Murphy. Mm. Huh. Yeah. Don't get me on this rabbit hole on good old game. <laughs> I don't have time for this. Yeah, well, I don't even have an account on good. Old, well, that was the other thing. Like with good old games, as I'm as I'm looking through that, I was I was kind of annoyed because I'm trying to look through the uh, the reviews, yeah, and see if anybody because that's where I found it immediately on Steam, where people were like, "It doesn't work. It doesn't work in this. It doesn't work in that. Mm. It's broken in this." And I was like, "All right, fuck this." And you go to good good old games. And there's no way to sort the reviews. You can't look at, you know, negative reviews. You can't, you you just have to go through every freaking review. And I'm like, oh, fuck this. But then up in the corner, up in the right hand corner, I see now all games come with a 30 day money back guarantee. Yep. And I was like, ooh, hey, all right. So I could just get it. And if it doesn't work or if something's fucked up, I'll just get my money back. There you go. Hey, because that the one of the negative things on Steam was, you know, I wish I had known like it it didn't say, you know, it said it should work in my machine. I can't get it to work in my machine. I wish I had known because now I've spent all this money and I can't get my money back. Yeah, they don't do Fuck this. Yeah. You know, I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Listen to you. Oh, I get games on my PC. Yeah, I know. How crazy is that? Wow. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. Like, I'm I'm tempted to go upstairs and get the the discs for uh, X Wing versus Tie Fighter and stuff. Yeah, but you can't play that because MSN's down. I know no they're never gonna work. Or just X Wing, oh. my X Wing disc, or my Tie Fighter disc, or or one of those. But oh I'm God. sure I'd install it and it would not ever work no. properly in Windows um, 8. You would have to do so. I'm I'm sure there's a way to make it run, but. Yeah, I, uh, I'm not going you know, to go through you all that. The, you'd have to do the sound blaster emulation through your sound card because sound cards have gone way past what they were in the past. And this is why I'm a console gamer now, yeah. and I don't want to deal with all that crap. Yeah. <laughs> I keep I keep kind of having in the back of my mind, I have a machine here uh, that, that's an older machine, and I keep kind of thinking, like, maybe I'll throw DOS on it and, and you know, like Windows mm. 95 even. But throw like DOS six two two on there and play some of my older games. But yeah. I don't have space for it, and then I'd have, have to have a different monitor, or I'd have to get a VGA adapter, and it's just so much trouble. And because I have all the stuff I would need to do it, but ugh, that would take so long. I have my old computer with all the stuff on it, and it, all that stuff ran on that computer. It's sitting in the attic right now. I could bring it down, plug it in, and go. And then flames would fly out of it because there's so much dust and. Eh, possibly, but still, I I do have that computer, and I do have all the software yeah. still oh, installed on it. So I could, in a pinch, actually pull that out and plug it in somewhere and play the games. <laughs> I still have but, my old Dell Pentium ninety. Uh, my friend Chris works at Dell. When he first went there, he got me his employee discount, and it was a server class machine. It was a Pentium ninety with um, eight megs of RAM. <laughs> and a one gigabyte hard drive and like rock and all those guys, you'll never need a gigabyte. Yeah. And that was my gaming rig for so long because I had a CD-ROM on there and then I got the Gravis ultrasound and I actually helped Logitech own, own Gravis. I actually helped them get games to work because back then I did a lot of coding stuff and everything. And 
you know, you had that 640K of memory you had to, had to work with, and drivers would take up a certain allocation. So your, your 640 was broken up into different segments. And if you had something in that segment, but it didn't use the entire segment, so let's say 16K or whatever, and it was only 9K, nothing would overlap. So the next thing would actually go to the next section, and all that memory would be wasted. So I got really good at making sure that everything lined up perfectly so that I would use all the all the memory I could. Because that Gravis Ultrasound was amazing. It was all wavetable instead of being, you know, FM synthesis. But their drivers were so bloated uh, for sound blaster emulation. But what I was running is I, w- I would run either the Gravis Ultrasound for all the wavetable stuff for games that actually supported it because it was all digital sound. Or I would run a, a, a Sound Blaster Pro and I had a Turtle Beach Maui card that was a MIDI card. So I'd get all the MIDI music, and it sounded awesome too. But I did all. Hmm. I've spent so much money on PC gaming for so long. <laughs> I mean, when I, I remember when uh, when Tie Fighter showed up, and I was like helping test the final build of it and everything. And you know, just because I was I was helping with the Gravis Ultrasound stuff and that too, getting the digital stuff to work, and just trying to get all that stuff to work, and like all the scum games that were on CD that had voice, mm, yeah. just all that stuff, you know, because. The goal was to take the Sound Blaster out of that thing and run this Gravis Ultrasound because they had this Sound Blaster emulation called SBOS. So whenever the driver would load, it would actually come over your speakers, SBOS installed. <laughs> and I'll never forget that. But, yeah, I mean, but that was back in the day where I actually had the time to sit down and tinker with this stuff so much. I don't have yeah. the time anymore, you know. And, and I like playing Beetle, Battlefield, Beetlefield Battlefield 4 on PC, but it's just you got to boot up, do this, do that, get it going. Start Ventrilo, everything else, or else I can just grab the controller for the PlayStation 4, hit the button, and see any friends online, and join them. You know, yeah. it's, it's so much easier, and it looks so damn good on the PS4. Well, that's what pulled me away from PC gaming. It just got to be such a pain in the ass with constant upgrades to graphics cards and to everything. And, you know, oh, your DirectX doesn't work, yeah. and this doesn't work, and you need to download this, and it, <laughs> it just became such a pain in the ass that I didn't ever want to deal with it again. Yeah. Uh, but it was kind of exciting, you know, to, 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 cause I looked at the specs. I'm like, this has to be able to play this. And I looked at the specs and I just laughed. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and so I, I assume I you got like a good it. NVIDIA Carter in there. You didn't get like embedded video. Uh, off the top of my head. I couldn't tell yeah. you. I, when I, when I looked at what they had available, um, I couldn't go for the high, high-end model. <laughs> um, well, Dell overprices or overcharges for that anyway. I mean, RAM yeah. upgrades, all that stuff you do on your own. Well, no, yeah. It's, I, I got what it came with. Yeah. You know, I didn't yeah. add anything on. Um, but the the base model itself was the one step down from the high-end model. And it was like... Was the, it was almost... $350 off. Wow. Nice. The price. Yeah. Um, we should get so a deal became, with them for, uh, <laughs> for yeah. links. Yeah. It became very worth it. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm very happy with it. It's this thing is going to last me a long time. <laughs> it's funny. I, I bought a Dell inspire an 8,600, uh, laptop right before I moved here. So almost 10 years ago, and it's it's a huge laptop, and the screen on it is this insane resolution, like nineteen twenty by sixteen hundred or something like that. That laptop still runs, and it still runs really well. 
Mm-hmm. Like I use it all the time. The bad because that's my downstairs laptop sometimes, where I just have that down there and thing weighs like a metric ton, I think. But uh, it's it's funny. Like the cheaper Dell laptops are usually crap and they're made in a different factory. But the mid mid level stuff and the high end stuff is usually really good. And they bought Alienware, so a lot of the Alienware stuff is there too. But uh, yeah, it's 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 funny that it's so cool that you got a PC now, a good one. Yeah. A good one. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. One that one that can actually run really good stuff. I can play Minesweeper uh, too. Yay. <laughs> if I can 3D. find it in Windows 8, for fuck's sake. Yeah, there's nothing. F, uh, F Windows 8. I will never install Windows 8. I have all Windows 7 and I have one XP machine. Yeah. Well, that was, that was the thing. Like, as I looked at what they had available, everything was Windows 8. And I was like, Fuck. Yeah. So I started looking around and I I found on Amazon of all places in the comments section for some PC, somebody said, you know, oh, it's got Windows. This computer has Windows 8.1, but here's what you do. Look up this on Google and then just follow what this guy says and then do this, 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 and this. And basically you have a Windows 7 machine. And I looked at it and I was like, Holy shit. (laughs) And I didn't do everything. You know, I just did some of the basic stuff. I was like, this is all I need. And this is all I need. And it's, it works, you know, it, it's just what I needed to do to get it to, to be more user friendly for me. Right. Um, but it's fast as fuck. And plus it had, it, it's got wireless built in, which was pretty freaking awesome. Yeah. You you know, the funny thing, the whole thing with Portal, as I'm playing it, it suddenly dawned on me. I'm like, wait a minute. There's a way to hook a DualShock 4 up to a PC now, isn't there? And then I started looking no, that up. No, not really. There is. Well, there is, but it doesn't work very well. Um, it, it's what a wrapper. Reading, it, it works. The speaker doesn't work. The touchpad doesn't work. Uh, no, what I was reading there... There is a way to do the speaker and the touch. Well, the touchpad definitely. I don't know about the speaker. Um, that must have just happened. Why then, you would Mark need I, the speaker? Mark and I sat there for three hours talking about it and checking it out. Yeah, I don't know why you would need the speaker for any of these games. But well, Towerfall Ascension uses it. We were going to play that on PC instead of me bringing my PS4 down. That's but if thing. no, but if no, no. So it, it, I, we were just looking into it because the speaker, the speaker functionality on Towerfall Ascension is actually really cool. Uh, because you get so kind of caught up in the game. So when Mark started looking at getting it for Steam, because it came out the same day on Steam that it did on PS4, and he doesn't have a PS4, we were looking into it, and, and he found out that it doesn't support that stuff if you connect a DualShock 4 up. But if you don't connect a DualShock 4, how would it support that stuff? You don't have a controller that has a speaker in it. I, I, I'm not saying we were even expecting it. We just went in and read about it. That it's Just saying. Uh, all right. Not complaining about it. It it just confuses me. Um, Well, that's easy. Yeah. So, uh, but there is a way, you know, there's, there's a way to hook it up and, and actually make it work for, for these games. So I, that started to cross my mind. I was like, "Mm," because there is a Bluetooth adapter in here. It's, I've got wireless built into the, to the computer, which is pretty badass. Um, you know, it's, it's, 
it's got what I need. I'm I'm not going to get into that because I I looked it up and I started looking into it. And I just, I saw, all right, you have to do this. Then you have to download this. Then you have to yeah, it's not you easy. Know, put, run these commands and do that. I was like, oh, fuck this. <laughs> so maybe one day when I really want to do it, I'll sit down and do it. But I don't feel like doing all that. Well, there, are, right now. there are a few games out there, not many, but there are a few games that uh, if you plug a DualShock 4 in, it'll just work. Like Octodad Deadliest Catch on Steam, even on Macintosh, if you plug that thing in, it just works. And it maps everything yeah. automatically. So if they well, do a per game, thing. it works fine. But that wrapper you're talking about, I mean, I've messed with it too. And it, it's just a pain in the ass. It's easier to use a DualShock 3, honestly. Well, it's easier to just grab my 360 controller. And that was what I was just going to say. Or get one of the 360 <laughs> Those work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they have, I they have drivers built in for that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. I mean, just... The those those possibilities started flowing through oh, my sure. mind, and I was like, "Oh, this is this is crazy." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it was fun though going back and playing Portal because I haven't played that in a long time, and I I played with the developers' commentary because oh, yeah. I hadn't done that either. So yeah. it was kind of neat to hear some of the stuff, um, just about where. They had to, you know, the way they had to change things because players would run in and they would never look up. So they would be totally stuck and they wouldn't have any idea how to get through this level because you need to look up. (laughs) There's something up there that you have to put a portal on and that's the only way you can get through it. So (laughs) to get around that, they had to make, put it, put the wall on this big piston that as you walked into the room, it would extend and make a sound and so it would kind of draw your attention upwards um it's kind of neat hearing you know as you go into each room the the problems they had with the play testers and how they got around it with visual and audio cues and and layout changes and things like that so it's it's neat it's fun so far so yeah so uh, the PC podcast is uh, <laughs> done for now, I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, we can go further. No, I'm just kidding. I actually haven't, um, I haven't played anything on the PC for a couple of weeks since... Uh, actually, probably the last time was probably the LAN party, so it's been about three or four weeks now. Yeah, beyond Portal, I don't know that I'm going to be playing anything <laughs> on PC for a long, long time. Well, it's funny because that, that bridge between... Or that gap between PC gaming and, and console has really, you know gotten a lot thinner because of all the indie, all the good indies coming to PlayStation 4 and some to Xbox One and, and to Wii U and everything else. Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, we're, we've been getting a lot of the good games over on PS4 and, the, and they've been pretty timely as well. So, And there's more on the way. That's what's so crazy. Like, a lot of people use that that excuse like, well, I can just get that stuff on, play, on PC. I'm like, well, yeah, but that PC is 1200 bucks. PS4 and PS3 and everything else are a third of that price. Yeah, the the difference though, at least what a, what jumped out at me on Steam is that they are constantly having those sales. Like there are Watchdogs was like five bucks. Yeah, and I looked at it. And I'm like, but I have it here for the PS3, and I still haven't even freaking opened it. I'm not going to spend another five bucks Wait, to game? have it on the PC. Watchdogs and, or not Watchdogs? Um, sleeping Dogs. Sleeping Dogs. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, you I got that free on uh, Plus, yeah. So, 
Yeah, I'm like, why would I? I, I can't. I, but I'm looking at it. I'm like, five freaking bucks. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but at the same time, uh, you know, I, I could see some of those games. There, there were one or two of those games, like indie titles that are on the PSN, uh, either for PS3 or PS4, and they were much cheaper on Steam. And I looked at them and I'm like, ooh. Oh, but I'm not going to get caught up in that. Yeah. I can't be every time a game comes out, I can't go back to the, you know, is it cheaper on Steam? Is it cheaper here? <laughs> Where's you? Oh, I got to get it. Where am I? I I I can't no, Well, that that's the big that. excuse that uh, Mark's been using not to get a PS4. You like, I can get that on, PS, on PC and I can do this and I can uh-huh. do that. I'm like, that's fine. But you, he knows he's going to buy one eventually. Yeah. And then we'll have it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's cool though. It's it's exciting. So Cool. <sighs> on we go. Very happy for you. I don't get nothing nice like that on my birthday. Sucks. <laughs> well, it wasn't a super expensive PC, especially with the the three or four hundred dollars off, however much it was. Um, it was it was not expensive. Yeah. So. Oh, cool. But still, very good specs, yeah. uh, especially compared to what I had. Well, yeah, you. Yeah. Which yeah, which would be just about anything at this point. Yeah. I think your old one couldn't even uh, convert an, a WAV file to an MP3 in under a day. Mm, it wasn't that bad. Uh, Not that bad. All right. Sure. All right. Uh, you done? You don't I watch guess. nothing? Uh... Game of Thrones, you know? People are complaining about it. Yeah, but you know what? They're idiots. Now, <laughs> <laughs> um, now it's funny because I heard the complaint for the second episode. And I've read that book already. Okay. So I thought, oh my... Yeah, I'm not going to say what it is. I'm not going to spoil well, it spoil for it people all. out there. But... I I told Lou um, because she wanted to watch it and Mason was still awake. And I'm like, I don't think we should watch the scene coming up because from what I've heard, it's pretty brutal and it's pretty bad and blah, 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 blah. So we didn't. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other day, I guess it was Sunday afternoon. He was asleep and we were like, okay, let's watch it now. We watched it. It was nothing. Yeah. It was nothing. I think people were just pissed off because it was different than what happened in the books. But doesn't that like, happen ju- all the time? To a certain extent, at least? To a certain extent, but it, it's like the Red Wedding, where everybody freaked the F out about the Red Wedding. Right. And it, and it wasn't because of what happened. Well, it was because of one specific thing that happened. And... It's because it was different than the books and because it seemed pretty, pretty brutal, which it was. Um, but this, you know, it wasn't brutal. Yeah. It was just not what it was in the books. It changes the dynamics dramatically for several characters, um, but they're in different places. Uh, and that's the thing. The characters were together longer in the show than they were in the books. Um, 
like I'm trying to be all cryptic <laughs> without giving anything away. Uh, one of the characters was away for a long time and then got reunited with another character. And in the books, they got reunited much, much later. Okay. In in the show, they were reunited much, much earlier. So there's a whole different dynamic between the two of them when they get to this point. Mm-hmm. So it plays out differently, obviously. And the way it played out was not anywhere near as brutal as everybody had made it out to be all over the internet. It was just, it was bad and it was different, but it wasn't nearly as brutal and nasty as everybody made it out to be. It was, it was kind of a non-event. Okay. Like it, it, it ended and Lou was like, wait, that was it? What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> Because I told her, you know, I told her what happened in the books and I told her what was going to happen in the show because that's why I didn't want to watch it with, with Mason around. Right. And when we saw it, she was like, what What the fuck? We waited a week to see that? That was, that, that, that was nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's – but it's the same with The Walking Dead. I was thinking about that. Like characters are getting picked off left and right in The Walking Dead over the first couple seasons that last forever in the books, you know, and it's, it's different in game of Thrones because they don't just randomly do that. They don't just randomly pick off your favorite character, but they do change things. And when they change things, it affects everything down the line. You can't just change something here and then follow the book, you know, two stories later because it doesn't fit anymore. Uh, so it will, it's, it changes it in subtle ways. Like they don't do anything drastic. Um, but I like the way it plays out actually. Uh, I think it keeps things interesting because if it was word for word, the book and scene for scene, the way the book well, plays it out, it would be worth watching. Yeah, I mean it would to a certain extent. Well, but to, to, I mean I always use that that argument for Episode Three for the Star Wars, the first Star Wars trilogy, uh, because being able to see that battle between Anakin and and Obi Wan, I mean that was something that I had read when I was a young kid, and I still wanted to see it. But I mean, it, yeah. every, if everything is exactly the same, it, I mean I don't really know if I'd be compelled to watch it into four seasons. Yeah. Yeah. And they've made it to, it's funny though, because I think I mentioned this before when I, uh, when I saw the first couple seasons, I was just amazed by the, the splendor and the, 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 the scale and the scope of the, the production and how amazing it was. And, and, you know, just unbelievable. Yeah. So then I started reading the books and I read ahead by accident because I didn't realize that that book was was split into two seasons, you know, and I got past the end of that season. I'm like, wait a second. Is this, this didn't happen yet. Am I, Oh, maybe they just didn't, maybe they just didn't put this in the show and I'm waiting for the book to end. And then I get like several chapters deeper and I'm like, okay, they split it in half. And I just, at that point I was like, fuck it. So I just finished it. Um, but I went back and I started watching the first couple seasons again because 
you know, after reading it, it was fresh in my mind. And I was like, oh, now I want to see because I remember these scenes and I want to see them played out again. So I started watching some of it. Yeah. And it felt so small. And so, so different <laughs> because, because I mean, it's the books, you know, and the sure. books are you've got thousands of people here in this hall doing this and that. And of course they don't have the the budget for that in the show. The hall is much smaller. There's very few people there. It's, it, it plays out so differently mm. because there's no budget. And I heard him on, Oh, it was in, it was uh, on the Nerdist uh, podcast. Um, uh, Mr. Wiener Wiener. Um, Wiener Wiener Wiener. Uh, yeah, George the, something, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Martin. Yeah. George R-R-R-R-R Martin. <laughs> um, he said, you know, because he had done TV stuff before. Sure. And he, he said when he started writing this, he wanted to write something that was completely unfilmable because he did not want to get back into TV. Uh-huh. So he made it completely you know, huge in scope and scale and grandeur and, and everything in a way that he's like, there's nobody that would have the budget ever to make this ever. <laughs> and then HBO said, <clears throat> yeah, HBO said we do and we will scale it down, you know, budget wise, sure. but we'll do computer graphics and we'll do this and that and we'll make it happen. And, and they did. <laughs> and now he's back into it. But you can see like, if you just watch the show, it looks and feels so big and amazing. And I mean, it is, it's a huge cast and, and they do so much with it. But when you read the books, it feels so much smaller. It's amazing. Hmm. It's really weird how it changed, changed that much in my eyes, you know, from going from one to the other. It's, it's crazy. So nice. It's it's still good though. Either way, it's it's an amazing. Yeah. I'll, series. I'll watch it's, it eventually. It's it's on my list. It's it's one of those things where I'll probably like some Black Friday they'll have four or five seasons on sale in one big pack, and I'll pick them up. Yeah, yeah. Like Band of Brothers and Pacific uh, and the Pacific, where I got them both for fifty bucks. Yeah, yeah. It's cool though. It's because I mean the thing with it, like if you didn't read the books, that's really kind of the cool thing about it. Cause you don't know what's coming. And I mean, in a way it's, it's kind of like the, the books of the walking dead where nobody is safe. Like you have no idea. Nobody is off limits <laughs> and anybody could die at any time. Right. And people drop dead left and right in that show. <laughs> and in the books, and all from the plague. And it's crazy because you've got these major characters and you're like, all right, this is a big actor and a major character and holy crap, they're dead. <laughs> it's just, they, <laughs> people get killed. Yeah. People get killed left and right. I got pissed when some of the people got killed in the first couple seasons. I was like, well, what the fuck? Now what? <laughs> <laughs> but that's what happens. That's, that's the cool thing about it. Like nobody is safe and you just don't know what's coming next. So if you haven't read the books, it, it becomes a whole different thing. It's, it's really cool. Hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Did you, have you caught up on arrow yet? No. Oh my God, dude. I know there's three episodes left in the season, but you need to catch up. Like you need to put that at the top of your list to catch up. Yeah. 
I, I'm being I'm all all seriousness. Well, you know what? We Super never serious. we only got into like three episodes of The Walking Dead. We still have to get to the end of that season, which is like another six, seven episodes. No, no, air is more important. <laughs> Trust me, shit's happening. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You done? Yeah. All right. Uh, so first up, and I'm not going to go too long on either of those because there's a ton of video you can watch for, for this first one. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to talk a little bit about them. So the new tables for Pinball FX2 slash Zen Pinball 2 slash Star Wars Pinball, uh, Heroes Within. So the nice thing is you get four tables instead of three this time in this pack, and it's the same price as the other ones. So uh, there's four tables. There's Droids, Episode 4, A New Hope. Uh, there's uh, Masters of the Force and Han Solo. So I'm not going to go through each one. I'm actually going to write up a review next week when I'm back from uh, from my trip. I'm going to write up a review and try. To, well, I'll try to get that done tomorrow. But uh, the tables, there's not a stinker in this bunch. There really isn't. Uh, I, I'm, which is surprising. A lot of times, there's usually like three good ones or two good ones and one that's. Eh. I'm really having a good time with all four of them. Uh, Han Solo is a very classic table uh, with some. Some precision is needed on some of the targets, but I love that they have this thing built into the spinner on the right side where you've got all these cantina uh, characters, and they kind of uh, rotate around above the play field. And if you hit the spinner enough and it turns to where an enemy is actually like right in front of this, this uh, or right above this red light, you can shoot a lane and actually shoot first. <laughs> With Han. Like, they made it a point where Han just doesn't shoot first. He shoots first a lot. and well, Or somebody else in the stream said he's the only one that shoots. Uh, but, you know, Leia's in the game, in, in, the, in this table, which is great because a lot of people have said, you know, there's none of the uh, the tables on Zen Pinball 2 at all have a female lead. So a lot of people have been saying, we need a Leia yeah. table, something like that. Yeah, so uh, she actually is pretty prominent in this table. It's, pre- it's pretty cool. I'm enjoying the Han Solo table quite a bit. It's it's very it's out of the four. I'd say it's the most like classic style table they have, uh, and you get to fly the Millennium Falcon through the asteroid field in Empire. <laughs> so, but it's it's tough. It's not as easy as the Starfighter Assault one. Uh, next up, uh, we'll talk about uh, we'll talk about droids because droids is the one that I didn't expect to like. And no, it's not. I love that. It is. It's a great table. It's it's actually becoming my favorite table in the pack. I played the hell out of that one. Yeah, it is a fantastic table. Really well done. Great flow. The challenges are pretty tough. The missions are pretty tough in it. But again, very classic, uh, very combo heavy, very lane heavy, you know, just trying to hit the lanes and, and make combos. But... It's really well done, and it's it's a lot of fun. You'll have a you'll have a smile on your face when you're playing this one. Uh, that was the biggest surprise for me. I, I honestly, because well, you know, you and I first we started kind of joking about droids. Is that based on the TV show? And it's not, <laughs> unfortunately. But uh, no, I, I think it's very well done, and uh, it, it is becoming the one that I'm playing the most, which is kind of funny. Uh, next up, episode four, A New Hope. This is a tough table. Uh, it is interesting though they they made the skill shot so you can actually choose what you want for the skill shot so you can choose one of the many lanes in it uh, to hit as the skill shot for your first shot which I think is really unique and and you don't see that very often I mean sometimes you see where 
you'll shoot it up to the top of the table and you'll have some targets up there and you can use the flipper to try to hit the right one. But uh, to actually choose it ahead of time like that is pretty interesting. Uh, it, it's a good table. Getting to the sides is a little bit tougher for some reason. I'm having a lot of problems trying to get to the very far sides, the, the you know the lanes on the on the far right and far left. Uh, the mm-hmm. missions are a lot of fun, though. The Kenobi one is is a lot of fun, where you have to hit a, a lane three times, and then there's a like kind of a little mini loop in the middle, and Ben Kenobi kind of rises up on that, and one of the two lanes beside him lights up, and if you hit it, a little ball comes out, and he slashes it with his uh, with his lightsaber. Which that that was just a lot of fun, but it's a good table. Like I said, I'm having problems hitting some of the targets and stuff, so it's going to take some more practice for me. But I am enjoying it. Uh, it's it's not my favorite one though. I, I really it's funny. I've just the one I thought I was going to hate was the droids one. I've been, I've been playing that the most. <laughs> uh, the last one. Well, I mean, have you played all four of them? Uh, keep talking because I don't remember. <laughs> the last one's the Masters of the Force one. Uh, so I played that briefly, yeah. Masters of the Force is the toughest table. Actually, I would say it's in the top five toughest tables on Zen Pinball 2. Uh, and it's not because... Where Yoda yeah, and... Yeah, Yoda and Palpatine are okay, on the yeah, top, and yeah, it's split in two. Yeah, I played that for a little while, yeah. yeah it, it's, it's a tough table because you have to learn the scoring, and there's a lot of like targets that require you to hit something else. So you'll hit something that's kind of a qualifier, and then you have to hit something else to, to kind of continue that combo. But it's not easy. And, and I think it's going to be the most frustrating table for people that don't really have the time to sit down and learn a table. Uh, so I love the color scheme on it, though. I love the, the visuals on it the most. Uh, it's a very non-traditional layout for, like, you know, kind of quote-unquote standard pinball. But... It's a pretty rewarding table. There's some really cool stuff, especially the fact that uh, the missions in this are actually battles between different Jedi. So they'll actually show a little video clip from the movies on the bottom. It's not just a dot matrix clip. It's an actual movie clip on it. And, like, the lightsabers slice through the play field, and and all of a sudden, like, you'll have uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin fighting Darth Maul from Phantom Menace. Hmm. And they're actually these little guys where, where the lightsaber slashes through, these flat characters pop up and they're kind of fighting and you have to hit them. And it's so cool how they did it. And, and the fact that these are all like Jedi, uh, Jedi battles and like Starfighter Assault, the tables actually split down the middle. One, you know, the left side is the dark, so- dark side, right side is uh, you know, the light side. So you've got Palpatine on the left at the very top and you've got Yoda on the right. Uh, another cool thing about it is it just doesn't have a uh, kind of a sub play field. It has a sub play field, but it's not underneath. Uh, you'll actually get it up on top, and that'll open up this other play field. It actually slides out, and you play it that yeah. way. And it's it's yeah. a very cool design, and it's something that I haven't seen before like that. And it works. It works really, really well, and, and it's it's fun, and it's tough. It's It's a challenging set of tables. Uh, I would say droids is probably the easiest one just because you can get such a good flow going. Uh, but Masters of the Force, it's not Civil War tough, and it's not Iron Man tough, because those two, I think it's just because of the design that they're tough. Uh, Masters of the Force is tough just because of how they have the scoring set up and how, like I said, you have to hit a target, and then you have to kind of jump the ball up off this pyramid thing for the dark side, and uh, you have to hit... On the light side, you have to hit this uh, this cube and then hit it again to to kick off the sub 
sub playfield. So it's just a lot of stuff where you have to qualify it before you can do it. And, and once you learn it all, and the funny thing is the skill shot's not even in the table guide for Masters of the Force. You have to learn it on your own. And there's a hidden skill shot on that table too that I found by accident. So once you learn all that stuff, it's a very rewarding table, but it takes the most patience by far. Well, if you're going to be a Jedi. <laughs> well, you can take the easy route and go to the dark side. I mean, there's a whole scoring system where there's a spinner in the in the top, uh, in the middle of the top, and you hit that spinner, and you actually choose like what you want to kind of go for, like light side or dark side, depending on where you hit it. So that one, I recommend hitting the table guide because there's a lot of stuff going on on that table. Uh, but you know, it, it's a great price. Uh, like Bobby said on the stream a couple times, if you are planning to get this, buy it on PS3 or PS Vita first. And then import it on your PS4. That's the best way to do it because uh, if you purchase it on PS4, it may not show up on your download list for PS3 and Vita. And this is fully cross-buy, so if you buy it on one, you get it for all. But just be safe. Buy it on your Vita, buy it on your PS3, and then import it over to the PS4 if it doesn't show up in your download list. So uh, I highly recommend it. I think this is one of the better table packs out there. You know, we had some Marvel packs, and there was always, like, one stinker in, in the group. Uh, you know, Iron Man. <laughs> I, I get all pissy about Iron Man because they even admit that it's not a good table. Yet when we got Zen Pinball 2 on PS4 and we got just those 20 tables, just. But we got those 20 tables, one of them is Iron Man. I'm like, well, if you know everybody hates it, why is that the one that you picked? <laughs> ah, anyway. So personally, I'm giving this a 9.0. I think it's a great value. You're getting four tables for the price of three. Uh, it works on all three platforms, but they're great tables. They really are. All four of them are very enjoyable. Uh, very, very good uh, production quality and uh, just enjoying the hell out of them. I've been playing them constantly. That's been taking most of my time up, actually. So, yeah, I'll try to get one written up before I go for my trip, but we'll see. So I still have to pack and edit and drive. So, all right. Really quick, this is just going to be a little bit of impressions uh, for this game, Daylight. I believe... MJC is doing the full review for this. Uh, and he should have it up pretty quickly. I don't think it's a real long game, but we'll find out. Uh, so this is from Zombie Studios, published by Atlas. And it's a sur- survival horror game. I talked a little tiny bit about it from the preview event I was at in, in February. Uh, this is the one that runs in 3D. So you're playing survival horror. You basically have this little, like almost like a Galaxy Note, like a small tablet, but a big phone. And you use the light on that, and that's your only light source for a while. But you can also get these glow sticks, so it's like you know, it's like you're at a rave. Uh, but you get glow sticks, and you can also find some flares, that sort of thing. But uh, the audio design on this one is insane. Uh, I actually played this with headphones today because I'm an idiot. Uh, <laughs> but I, I really, I don't, I haven't gotten really far into the story yet. I've only played it for a couple of hours. I recorded some video, but the audio didn't come through for some reason. But uh, it plays with your head like a lot of these survival horror games do. A lot less light than you get in, uh, like, Outlast, which is funny. They, they call it Daylight, and I said something on Twitter today, like, Bizarro must have named this game because there's barely any light in this game. Uh, but it deals a lot with the supernatural stuff. Uh, I think you're in, like, I don't want to say an insane asylum, but you're in, like, an old hospital or something walking around. But the cool thing about this game and something that I can't test is that if you play this on live with PlayStation, if you if you hit your share button and stream the game, it's interactive. 
And what people can do is in the chat, they can type in like, I don't even know what the words are. So I'm just using this as an example. Like they can type meow. And all of a sudden, if you hit, if you hit a word that's in the, in their list, all of a sudden you'll hear something off in the background that somebody typed. So you'll hear like a cat meowing or you'll hear whatever. And the developers purposely haven't told anybody what this list is so that people can start trying to do it on Twitch and figure it out. So they're completely interacting with it and basically screwing with you. <laughs> uh, but they put a limit on it so you can't like type in cat 50 times or whatever. Uh, but they haven't told anybody what the caps are. You know, so it, it's, it's kind of this discovery on both sides of the, of, the, of the fence. You're discovering things in the game, but you're also discovering it if you're interacting with it. So really neat idea. I did play – it was funny when we were talking about 3D on this monitor because this is the first time in two years I've used the 3D on this monitor. So I threw it on 3D for a while. I don't know why they did it in 3D because it's even crazier now. It's really creepy. Uh, so they've done a good job of kind of freaking you out. They really play with your head. The only problem I had with it was like interacting with certain things like if you're trying to open up a cabinet to see if there's something in it, you really ha- kind of have to pinpoint on it. Uh, to get it to open. So you get like a little hand icon when you're over it. That was the only problem I really had with it so far. But it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the full review and see how the game fleshes out. But uh, if you're into survival horror, especially like Outlast, uh, this one seems a little bit less uh, kind of sick and disgusting and more just creepy as hell. Uh, and they use the sound, like I said, they use sound really, really well, especially in surround. Like I was using the gold wireless headphones today and all of a sudden I heard this thing behind me and it just kept getting stronger and stronger. I turned around and there's like this figure, like it looked like a woman and it kept getting louder and louder. And all of a sudden the screen started freaking out and I grabbed a flare and I kicked off a flare and that actually scares like things away. But I didn't even, I just kind of hit it by accident and it happened. I'm like, Oh my God, what the hell? <laughs> so it, it's definitely very, very creepy, but that sound design, man, I think that's what's going to win people over. So, yeah, look forward to the full review on PSNation.com uh, in, the, in the coming days or next week or whatever. I don't know how long it's going to take MJC to get through it, but uh, it's, it's, a, it's a creepy game. I'm not going to lie. All right, emails. Oh, is this the guy that emailed emails. us twice? Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. But he's from Wisconsin, so we'll let him go. Uh, well, that explains it. Ah! Uh, so Josh from Racine says, just wanted to say, you guys do a great job on this podcast. A little long sometimes, hey, but as long as it's about something interesting, it doesn't matter. Uh, one recommendation I can say is to increase the movie and TV review area. (laughs) No! Yes! Also, I would like to get a PSN shout out, Suey Boy. No, we're no, not going to do that. No, no. I'm not going to give you a sh- PSN shout Saying out. Saying that our show is too Suey long. Boy. If we give you the shout out, then the show just gets longer. Suey <coughs> Boy, Suey Boy. Why would I give you a PSN? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I, you know, if he was from Racine, was he at MJ, uh, Midwest Gaming Classic? Oh, oh, uh, oh. Well, then you don't get a. If you weren't at MGC, I don't think we can do that. I mean, that, that's less than an hour drive for you. S-E-W-I-B-O-Y. What kind of a name is that? Yeah, no kidding. You like sewing, but one you I would ever s- spell it? Yeah, that's not one I would ever shout out. That's ridiculous. Sui. Ridiculous. Let's move on to the next one. I agree. One. 
I'm, I'm just impressed that he hasn't been shot. He lives in Racine. <laughs> you drive through there and hear gun, gunshots. All right. This is from uh, Ronnie Weston. And he says, hello, folk. Long-time listener, first time writing in. I wanted to get Glenn's opinion on Project Cars. Oh, very interesting. Uh, now, that it, now that it has a release date of November 2014, do you think it has a chance to compete with games like Gran Turismo 7 uh, when that comes around? The developer of Project Cars' last game was Need for Speed Shift 2, which was good but didn't seem to be as realistic as they are shooting for with Project Cars. I think it's good to finally have some competition for Gran Turismo to push them to innovate more. Hope I make the podcast. Thanks, Ronnie from Indianapolis. I guess we'll have to give his PSN ID a shout-out, too. Uh, it's oh, Phantom, Phantom RJW. So P-H-A-N-T-O-M-R-J-W. Uh, yeah, uh, the new trailer just came out for Cars. It looks fantastic. Uh, I really hope the gameplay is going to fit what it looks like. It it, it looks phenomenal. It, you know, a lot of detail. I mean, it definitely has that Gran Turismo feel, I, what I think it's going to look like on PS4 at least. Uh, but you never know. I mean, we were just talking about the grid games before, and, and, you know, Codemasters are usually really good. But that first grid just played like shit. So I don't know if it was just a PlayStation thing or what, but, uh, you know, Grid 2 I thought brought a lot to the table. Uh, but, you know, the first grid looked great, and I was like, oh, this is going to be good. And then I played I'm like, ooh, I'll descend this to Raj. which i was gonna do anyway i just wanted to play it before we sent it off uh but yeah project cars right now it's only announced i think for pc only i think they do have a goal of bringing it to consoles eventually i don't care if it's pc only yeah (laughs) (laughs) but i don't have i don't have a steering wheel that works on pc uh no it 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 really does seem like it's a cool thing and and I, i i agree the more competition the better i don't personally think that Forza is really there as competition right now. I think they do a good job, but I think they can do a lot better. Uh, so, yeah, I think this is uh, definitely on that path of being good competition. And I think it looks like it's going to be a great game. They went into a lot of detail. You know, they were showing the suspension directly when they were driving, and you could see the springs uh, bouncing the way they should. And uh, just everything about it looks like they really nailed the physics. But, you know, again, until I play it, until we actually can get our hands on it and see. If it feels like it needs to feel like Gran Turismo, I I still think Gran Turismo Six has the best feel out of any racing game for like a racing simulation. I, I just I think they nailed it finally. So that's kind of that kind of that line that I'm looking at, you know, that bar that's been set. But I'm interested. So thanks PSN ID Phantom RJW in Indianapolis. I'm going to be driving through Indianapolis on Wednesday. Yeah. I'll be on the bypass, but I'll be driving around Indianapolis like Wednesday afternoon. I've been on that bypass. Yeah, I've been on that a few times. I was just on that. Was it when I drove? I was just on it. We were being chased. We were being chased by a tornado when I was on that. Ooh, That's not good. Yeah, (laughs) that was uh, that was final four. Uh, when George Mason was in the final four, okay, that was the one I, I drove out to. Uh, so I was there with all, all my friends from college and we were downtown and John Cougar was playing a free show downtown, like in the middle of the street. 
and we're all like, okay, cool. You know, we'll just go down and watch it. And we were, it was kind of fun to see and everything. Sure. And as we all start, you know, it breaks up and we all start to walk away and the crowd is dispersing a bit. And I start hearing sirens and I'm like, <laughs> is that, what is that? Sir? And as we're, as I'm saying that, uh, a cop appears out of nowhere and he's like, get to shelter, get to shelter, get to, and we're like, wait, what, wait, wait, what? <laughs> then did you and go we, back to save a dog and die in the process because a dog is more important than your, oh, forget it. <laughs> that was my only hang up a man of steel. Uh, so we went running to the car. We jump in the car and we're trying to get back to the hotel because we didn't see, you know, we're looking around and we can't see anything and we don't know what's happening. I mean, it's nighttime too. But as we're driving, none of us are from the area, but as we're driving, you know, it's all over the radio and it's like, okay, it's, you know, shelter in this area and this area and this, and it's everything we're passing. We're like seeing all these, all these signs for, and we're like, oh my gosh, it's, it's chasing us. Ah! Nice. <laughs> and we're scrambling to get back to the hotel. We got back to the hotel and everything, but the next day, like all over the news, the building that we were standing right next to. Yeah. Like the corner of it had been sheared off. Oh, geez. Yeah, it was the weirdest thing. But there was there didn't seem to be any other damage around the area. Like there was no explanation for it. Wow. So we're looking at it. We're like, wait a second. That's wait. That was literally like thirty feet away from us. That building. <laughs> wow. So yeah, it was it was a little little surreal. Um, I know when I was on when I was there uh, when I went down to uh, back in September when I went down to Cincinnati to see the Packers game. Ah, with yes. Wensler. Well, that was the other thing. Like that that started off a series of storms because I drove home the next day. Yeah, and I stopped somewhere in Ohio, I guess, uh, to eat. And I'm sitting in the car eating, and my car is rocking back and forth yeah. from the wind. Oh, oh the wind. my gosh. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, and I looked around. And I was, I, it just dawned on me. I'm like, well, now I get it because there's nothing out here to stop that wind. It's just big, flat, open spaces, and and the wind just goes and goes and goes and uh, my car was like violently being rocked back and forth as I was sitting there. It was kind of freaky. Wow. Yeah, and I wasn't even having a good time with so, it. Yeah. I'm a little more used yeah. to it. <laughs> Plus I'm yeah. from Kansas. I just go everywhere where the tornadoes show up. Well, yeah, that would do it. Yeah. Just not Oklahoma. All right. Yeah. Number three. Number three, Jason McGill. Damn you, McGill. Says, hey guys, enjoy the podcast. Just a quick question. I might be mistaken, but did I hear you guys mention a PS Nation app? If so, can you give us an update on how it's coming? And I would like to know, where's my app for iOS? It's coming. Bitches. Oh, yeah, it's coming. Uh, PSN ID Jason and Christy. Oh. No. Oh. Never get her own ID. Really? Oh, yeah. Well, that's easier trophies, yo. Oh. oh. Chris, C-R-I-S-T-Y. Oh. Wow. All right. Uh, no, they're, they're being worked on. Uh, my buddy Paul that's doing them got busy with his own job, so. 
I know. Well, we have an Android app, so you guys can. Chaz made that Android app a while back, but uh, no, I actually have to talk to Paul about it. I just haven't had time. But uh, no, we'll be talking soon about it. I got to get down there. I told him I'm probably going to come down in a couple weeks. So hopefully we'll get an update. He listens to the podcast, and now he's probably going, oh, shit. (laughs) Forgot all about that. (laughs) No, I know he's been really busy for work. He's uh, trying to get uh, a release out. Like a major release, like a new version of their software or something. So, I know he's busy. Nah. I'm just going to use the app as an excuse to go down and have a couple of cigars with him and see the family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I miss mm-hmm. uh, I miss riling his kids up so that they can make their parents' life uh, a living hell. Mm, so perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's still being worked on. Hopefully, we'll. All right. soon. Yeah. All right, so uh, it's Monday night, and in a couple of days, I'm leaving for uh, North Carolina, going to visit the guys that are doing the H-Hour game, uh, the the spiritual successor to SOCOM. Uh, so if you have any questions, email uh, podcast at psnation.com. Uh, let me know if you have any questions. We're planning on doing the entire gambit of coverage. Uh, I might even do some kind of little road diaries or something, because it's, it's like a 15-hour drive, and I'm going to be bored. So I was even like tonight thinking like, oh, I could take the good video camera and set it up in the passenger seat with a tripod and then I can have my phone over here and I could have two cameras going. It'd be cool. I'd be like top gear for video games because I'm an idiot and I'm bored. So, mm-hmm. but it, it sounds like we're going to have a great time. Uh, the, the demo. So HR, a lot of people think they're making the game and they're not. So what the Kickstarter was all about was getting enough money to actually create a fully functional demo of the game that is playable, uh, but it's one level, I think, or one or two maps. So uh, what they're doing now is the demo's done. They're trying to get uh, someone to invest in the game, trying to get a publisher, that sort of thing. Uh, so that that's kind of where they're in the process. But hopefully when I get down there, it sounds like the the, the demo that they're showing is, is near finished and we'll be able to actually capture some gameplay for it. Uh, we're going to get these guys on camera. We're going to get a segment recorder for the podcast, and uh, I'll get a nice chunk of stuff written up as well. So uh, if you're interested in this game at all, uh, we're going to have a lot of information for you in the next week or two, and uh, it, it's really exciting stuff. So I'm definitely looking forward to going. Uh, and, and the cool thing is one of our listeners, uh, this guy Steven, like works at a, uh, a winery like two hours north of there. So I'm going to stop in there before I go down to uh, the studio and check out the winery. I think they need a PS Nation minecart wine or something. Mm. A minecart Sauvignon Blanc. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just saying. No fucking Merlot. <laughs> I won't drink fucking Merlot! <laughs> oh, that movie. So yeah, no, very, it's it's cool. He heard that I was coming down, and he messaged me on Facebook, and I'm definitely stopping in, man. I want to check this out, and I always love meeting people. So uh, I might tweet something like, "Hey, anyone want to go out to dinner in Indianapolis or whatever?" Maybe I'll get to meet up with some other people on off the cuff, and you know, uh, get knocked out and pulled into some barn, tied up. Uh, you know, all the fun stuff when you get down south. Sounds good. Yeah. Slow down. Slow down. <laughs> <laughs> Are you tweeting that now? <laughs> Glenn's going to be here. Pick him up. Knock him out. Have your way with him. Play the banjo. 
No, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. It's it's going to be a, a lot of fun, and uh, you know the the main goal here is though to get the word out to you guys. Uh, I know we have a lot of uh, people that love the SOCOM series. I'm actually taking some time to play the first SOCOM tomorrow, just so I can get back into the swing of things. Uh, I've been doing some reading just to know what to ask for that sort of thing. Because I I did play all the SOCOMs when they came out. It's just it's been so long since I played them, and none of the servers are up anymore. Not even for SOCOM four. So I can't really go back and do any research. Sucks, hmm. but I'm I'm going to find out things like you know if they've made a decision on having a health bar or not. I know that they just made the grenade. You know, how you can have that arc, that visible arc when you want to throw a grenade. They made that yellow like like in the first game, uh, that sort of thing. So they're really trying to get that feel. So definitely looking forward to this. It's uh, it's going to be cool, and and can't thank those guys enough for inviting us down. Uh, this is pretty pretty awesome. So hopefully the SOCOM community won't get too mad at me. When I when I don't ask the right questions, that's nah, unlikely. Oh, no, they'll they'll get mad no matter what, no matter what. But seriously, yeah. uh, if you have a question, email it podcastpsnation.com uh, for that or anything else. Uh, we can read it on the show here, or I can ask it uh, when I go down to visit the studio. All kinds of cool stuff. All right, anything else, Josh? No. All right, well. Uh, besides emailing us, you can also reach us a couple of different ways. Hit that Contact Us button on the left side of the uh, website if you scroll down a little bit. Or you can leave us a voicemail. Uh, you can call 408-657-VITA. That's 408-657-8482. Or if you have Skype, you can leave us a voicemail. Uh, just call WDT-TORGO. Uh, don't forget our Facebook group and our Facebook page. Go like that page and then go join the group. Just do a search for PS Nation on Facebook. Uh, if you stream your podcast, which we found out this week, holy crap, a lot of people are, are streaming our podcast on, on Stitcher. Uh, go over and get the Stitcher app and find us in the video game section. Our listenership went up so high on Stitcher since the last time I checked. It is insane. So I uh, can't thank you all enough for doing that. Uh, it's really cool that that's happening. Uh, you can find both of us on Twitter. Well, you can find Josh in two places if he ever uses the other one. You can find his personal account at Josh. Or you can find mainly me because Josh refuses to use it at PS Nation. Uh, yeah. We'll see. <laughs> uh, you can also, don't forget our, our podcast network over at retroids.com. Don't forget our website at psnation.com, including our forums. And uh, you can help us out with a couple of different promotions that we've got. Uh, the first one being the free trial, the free 14 day trial, I think it is, for audiblepodcast.com slash PS Nation. If you go that route, you get to uh, sign up for uh, access to over 150,000 different audiobooks. And if you go to audiblepodcast.com slash psnation, sign up for that free trial. You get to keep one of those books for free, even if you don't stick around for the full trial. So pretty awesome. Uh, it doesn't, doesn't hurt. doesn't cost nothing. But uh, no matter what, it helps us out a little bit. It helps us pay the bills. And, uh, boy, do we got a lot of them with E3 this year. So mm, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, also, if you are interested in any of the merch we've got, we can go over to Zazzle.com slash PSNation. Got hats, T-shirts, stickers, all kinds of crazy stuff. I actually need to order stickers tomorrow because we need them before E3. We're gonna... Yeah, I can't find mine. You might have used them. I know, um, no, I actually, we need to re. I think we need to redo them anyway because I think they still have the old URL on them. Um, I'm going to go in there probably next week and redo everything in Zazzle, but... So a lot of the stuff is fine still. It's just got the logo. It doesn't, doesn't have the website anyway. 
but yeah. last but not least, obviously, uh, the thing that helps us out the most is all of our affiliate links over on psnation.com. If you look on the left side, you'll see affiliate store links, and uh, those help us out immensely. Uh, of course, the one everybody uses the most is the Amazon link. We've got them for like seven different countries there, and people are using them all over the place, and we thank you so much. So if you hit any of these links, if you want to go shopping at walmart.com, if you want to go shopping at amazon.com, uh, gohastings.com I just used this week because they had oh, – it was a game for like seven bucks. It's a game I wanted. I can't remember what the heck it is right now, but uh, we have all these links there. So if you click that link to go to the site – doesn't change anything for you. It doesn't change the pricing. Doesn't change the experience whatsoever. But whatever you do, whatever you buy after you click that link, we get a little piece of the action, and it helps us pay those bills. So if we do take two more writers to E three this year, if we ever get a response from E three, we get two hotel rooms to pay for. We've got a rent a car to pay for. We've got plane tickets to pay for. And if we ever take me to E three this yeah, year, if well, we ever get a response from E three, yeah, <laughs> but that shit adds up, especially in L A. and especially in downtown L A. So. Uh, we actually stay at a pretty low life hotel. <laughs> yeah, but, but it works. It works mm. really well for us. So it's it's very close and it works for us. So uh, we can't thank you guys enough for using these links. It does help. All that money goes back into PS Nation. It doesn't go into anybody's pocket, and uh, it, it it helps immensely with all the stuff. You know, we had to get the better hosting. We had to get. We have different hosting for the podcast files. We've got uh, all of our expenses for this stuff. I've got my trip to North Carolina to go check out H Hour for all of you. So. It helps. So we, we thank you very much, and uh, just keep doing it. We had somebody buy a $2,200 scanner the other day, so thank you. That helps. Nice. Yeah. All right, well, next week, obviously, is probably going to be pretty H-hour heavy. Uh, Josh and I probably won't even talk this week until uh, we do the podcast Monday, so it should be a pretty interesting one. I don't think I'll have any reviews, so I'm hoping maybe Josh gets through something so we don't have <laughs> nothing but H-hour. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Well, he'll be on his PC too much now. That's right. Uh, I'll have a review of Portal for the PC. Uh, wonderful. And then and then Portal for the PC. And then Portal for the PC? Yes. If you have time. If I have time, yes. <laughs> After I play it, you know. Uh, thanks to get, again to uh, Shahid and uh, to Stuart for coming on and, and talking to us for so long. Uh, it was a it was a great time, and we really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I think we're going to have a few more interviews coming up in the next few months as well. So it should be a lot of fun. Uh, until next week, we will talk to you very soon. Get out there, play some games. Have a great week. Keep your eyes on Twitter. If uh, maybe if I want to meet up for dinner somewhere, if somebody's around, we'll uh, meet up. Until then, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. What else? My house is haunted. That's true, it sucks. The worst part about it is that the ghost has gas. <laughs> Dude, I cannot sleep. Every night it's just like... Excuse me! And he floats away. I'm like, it's too late, ghost. There's a really good chance that's the stupidest joke you'll ever hear <laughs> in your lifetime. <laughs> and you heard it here. What's up? <laughs> what else? I have a cat. Just cool. Sucks right now. My cat's sick. He has diarrhea. Which, not cool. 
I had to take him to the vet. The vet's like, well, what have you been feeding him? And I was like, diarrhea. (laughs) That's my favorite joke. I always like that joke because I always like an audience's reaction to it. Like, you guys laughed for the most part. But, like, some audiences be like, oh. Oh. Like, it's obviously a joke. And I told that joke on TV once, and they couldn't air it, that segment of the joke, because after I told it, a woman stood up in the second row after I told that joke and went, that's not a nice thing to do to your cat, asshole. And she sat down. (laughs) I just looked at her, I'm like, it's not a fucking true story. Like, who thinks that's real? Like, I'm at home with a bullet diarrhea. Like, eat it, kitty, eat it. The joke has to be real. I can't tell. Eat the diarrhea. Woo! Ghost, please. Please, ghost. Hmm. Just jokes. 